Here comes another. Kieran. Kieran. Oh! Yes! Predictable. I knew he was gonna bite it. How can you watch this shit over and over? Breast. I want to see Jamie Lee's breast. When do yes. we see Jamie yes. Lee's breast? Breast? Not until Trading Places in 83. Jamie Lee was always the virgin in horror movies. She never showed her tits until she went legit. Could afford a decent pair. <laughs> What'd you say? That's why she always outsmarted the killer in the big chase scene at the end. Only virgins can do that. Don't you know the rules? What rules? You don't... Jesus Christ, you don't know the rules? Have an aneurysm, why don't you? There are certain rules that one must abide by in order to successfully survive a horror movie. For instance, number one, you can never have sex. Big no no! Big no! Sex equals death, okay? Number two, you can never drink or do drugs. No, the sin factor. It's a sin. It's an extension of number one. And number three, never, ever, ever, under any circumstances, say, I'll be right back. Because you won't be back. I'm getting another beer. You want one? Yeah, sure. I'll be right back. Oh! You see, you push the laws and you end up dead. Can you believe we're actually doing a screen show? Let's fucking get it, baby. And who better to bring on uh, than somebody who loves this franchise just as much as we do? Right. The one and only Christian motherfucking Craig. Yeah. What up? (laughs) Hello to you both. I'm so excited to be here. I can't believe it's finally happened after all these years of like texting each other and whatnot. We finally made this work. (laughs) <laughs> right? It had to, man. You are the biggest screen fan that I know, and this is so fitting. Um, I love these movies. I What it, do you mean he's the biggest Christian? Do you have a scream tattoo? No, but ooh, 
I'm not against tattoos, but I might be if I were to get one, it probably would be something screen related. <laughs> so, so can you really call him the biggest screen fan if he doesn't have Christian? You're the tattoos? biggest screen fan I know, other than Lisa. Lewis. <laughs> I'm the biggest screen fan that was born after the film was released. Yes, I think we gotta kick him off. He just made me feel fucking old. No, <laughs> <laughs> that is gonna be an interesting thing to get into though later. Right. Absolutely. Well, clearly we're older than 25. I'm old as <laughs> shit. I don't care. This is 25 years in the making, and I am so excited to do this show. This movie came out when I was like nine years old. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, little little Christian Craig has. I was negative three. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Damn. Um, you're just you're just scoring so many points with me right now, Christian. <laughs> oh no. That just shows you though how much this film, how much this franchise it's generational, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's such a big aspect to it. But we'll get into all that and more. But first we want to know about uh this little negative three-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Christian, are you ready for our finger bang fast five questions? Okay, here we go. Excuse me. Uh, What is the worst horror movie you've ever seen? Oh, I'll always know what you did last summer. Oh, yes. Yes. Fantastic answer. It was. And he came up with that so quick. No, the thing that I love about Christian is that (laughs) who done it so much. And like, I feel like he's like a soul brother. Right. Even right. though he makes me feel old. You're like the cool <laughs> younger brother right. that like I yeah. never had. Yeah, he is the cool younger brother. And that was the best answer because it pertains to things that we love as well. Yeah, and it's the era, yeah. If anybody's yeah. seen that movie, you know how blasphemous it really is. Um, I've, <laughs> I've only seen it once. And I remember like, I was like so excited for it too. Oh. And it's like a straight to video release. Mm-hmm. I remember it like was taking like a supernatural turn if I remember correctly. They did the ghost yes. of Ben Willis. Was it the ghost of Ben Willis? Yes. There's a ghost, there's all new people. Yeah, horrible. Like, I still own it, which sucks. But it's here in my house. Well, you're a completist, right? So right, yeah, for the most part. Like now, um, so like there's another franchise that I feel like's kind of similar to like uh, Scream, and I know Eat It Last Summer closer to I know Eat It Last Summer because it takes a supernatural route at three as well, which is which is your Urban, Urban Legend, Legend, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. Now, what did you think of um, Bloody Mary Urban Legend? Mm-hmm. Urban Legend. <laughs> I I like the first one a lot. Even the second one, I thought was just okay like i would still prefer to watch i still know what you did last summer over oh, urban yeah. legends final cut all day right and so that movie's fucking awesome all yeah day. i think bloody mary i have more fun with it than i'll always know what you did last summer but yeah i, I would never choose to watch it <laughs> unless it's for a podcast or something <laughs> Uh, well, plus you have uh who was it it's is it kate mara that's in that one she is in that one. right yeah Yes. Um, Fantastic Four now, and well, that was a few years ago, and she was on American Horror Story, right? For the yes. first year. Yeah, so I mean, she's notable. So I mean, that has House a little of bit cards. of cred there. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's better With than Nev Campbell. Yeah, <laughs> it's better than I haven't seen it. He wants me to watch House of Cards so bad. She's no, she's probably the best she's ever been in on that show. See, I never watched it either, and it's funny because we're gonna get into it. But my friend's first introduction to Nev Campbell was House of Cards, so it's cool to watch Scream with him. Crazy to me, though that that just that's everything backwards to me. <laughs> Again, I'm the one who's 22. Remember? Right. I know it just makes no sense. It doesn't compute to me. My intro to Nev uh, was um, Party of Five. Party of Five. Yeah. No, actually, I watched that show twice. I loved it. 
Yes, you, all the way you, through. Do you like all the way through, all six seasons. I own them now. <laughs> do you love her Are You Afraid of the Dark episode? <laughs> I've seen only clips of it. I never watched the whole thing. Thought I should. You're a sinner. You're a sinner. I'm sorry. <laughs> all right. Okay. Uh, next question. What is the best uh, anthology segment in a horror film? Oh, oh in a horror film? Mm-hmm. I just rewatched Creep Show a couple days ago, and that cockroach one um got me then more than it ever did i thought it looked so good yeah um and the friend next to me was like wincing and he was so grossed out and i loved that even more (laughs) so i was really into it and so i think in the moment that's my favorite that's another thing that i love about you is like you're always talking about showing your friends because you said you're not really like into horror movies so what are the top three movies that you will show um to people oh besides every screen film Yes. Yes. <laughs> it's a great answer. Yes. Yeah. Um, like, I want some, like deep cuts. Sorry, what? I want some like deep cuts. Hmm. See, it depends because each friend is different. Like there's some who's more into like the old school throwback to like like the original when a stranger calls kind of oh, right. suspenseful thriller ways. Okay. Well, uh, friends who need something way more fast paced and amplify everything like hostile or something crazy. <laughs> um, I usually end up showing my. Fa- I usually show a Nightmare on Elm Street because pretty much everyone knows who Freddy Krueger is. That's my right. age. They just don't know the film. Wow. Right. Right. So right. I would show them that. Um, I love Stephen King. I think I show Misery a lot to people. Oh, I love Misery. I just watched that yesterday. Yeah. I know. I saw that and I got so excited. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it's my favorite King act adaptation. Yeah. So yeah, it's. Definitely like top 10 of all. Time. You know what's funny? It's not, it's my second favorite, but my favorite's actually the Tim Curry version of it. See, I know you're like a soul person. <laughs> I hate it, chapter one, and so much, so fucking much. And I like, I'm so nostalgic for Tim Curry as Pennywise. Yeah. Yeah. I, well, the first portion of that uh, movie uh, when they're younger is just so perfect to me. And mm-hmm. Um, it does fall a little bit apart when they're um, older, but I still like enjoy it. Like I love John Ritter. I love mm, yeah, um, yeah. You know, um, Annette Atoll, who liked one of my uh, articles uh, yes. on Twitter. That's awesome. That I, didn't, that I didn't even tag her in. Wow. So mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. I, that was like a highlight of my writing career, I guess. Same. That's how I felt when Lou Ferrigno retweeted one of my articles last year. It was so cool. Oh, really? Which article yeah. did you do? I wrote an uh, episode about the 10 best episodes of The Incredible Hulk from the 70s. What? Great. Damn. You know your shit. <laughs> yeah, you, uh, are you still a writer for Screen Rant? No, that ended last summer. I They were doing this whole like retraining session that I just I didn't have the time to deal with. Now that student teaching is going to take over my life for a while. Well, uh, and so I had to end there. You are a fantastic writer, I might add. Yeah. Uh, oh, some you. of my favorite articles, because that's why I always found writing very difficult, trying to get emotions across and how much I love this and I want to make you <laughs> feel it. And to me, that's very difficult. And I've never met anybody quite like you that can emote uh, through writing. Like you and Lacey Liu are the only <laughs> two that have actually like popped to me, you know? No pun just saying we're practically related there we go right? there's adding to the list did you just reference pop horror is that what you did i didn't mean to but i did so i just went with it yeah yeah you're kind of clever thank you i remember i was reading an yeah. an older article 
that was like an interview with you, Lacey. And I was supposed to be substituting for our class. And I was just reading that instead of paying attention to what I was actually supposed to do. So thank you for entertaining <laughs> me during school hours. Oh, what interview was it? Do you remember? I don't remember, but it was an interview on you. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it's it's weird to be like interviewed. Right. <laughs> like I, I, I'm so used to doing it. I think Tori, I kind of feel the same way. And here we are. Yeah. <laughs> You're welcome. You yeah. are welcome. I, I, I feel like it's where I thrive. Yeah. Um, all right. So next question. If you could be a character in any film, it, can, it doesn't have to be horror, um, just any genre. Um, which character would you be and why? Ooh, mm. I would probably say Marty McFly. Yeah, I love Back to the Future. I feel like I have similar-ish qualities like him or like the new, uh, like Tom Holland, just in terms of like physical looks and acting stuff. And so, I don't know, they kind of, I think I have that kind of character vibe that they both give off of. And I think Marty McFly is just so much fun. Back to the Future is one of my favorite 80s movies of all time because the 80s is my favorite decade of movies overall. Uh, I love all the music. There's just so much about that movie that the idea of seeing myself on the big screen and having that be my role, like I would be like so proud to be that in is, that theater yeah. for premiere night. Right? That's like yeah. the ultimate thing for me as well. It's got to be like the ultimate role, right? That or like a Jedi. I mean, I would actually have to go like Sydney Prescott. Yeah, like, of course you would. Or, or you know, I could even do like for TV. It's got to be Sarah Michelle Gellar as Buffy the Vampire Slayer. I, I got a question for you. Guys. Oh, I know who I would be for TV show. Ready for yeah? this? I would. I would want to be William Cat in The Greatest American Hero. Oh, <laughs> I've never seen it. No, you haven't. See. No. You're, see See, I may be older, but you're an older soul, Christian. I, that's so true. <laughs> <laughs> that hit that and Spider Man were like my first superheroes growing up. Like, really, yeah. I've never even heard of it. With it was like a, it, it's kind of like a, I don't even know, like a Hancock, you know, like with oh. Will Smith. Like it's it, it kind of. Um, oh, the Grace Making Hero? Just the premise. I, I think I might have just described that horribly. I think you did because I'm like remembering like uh, Will Smith flying around trying to save Charlize Theron. Yeah, no, that didn't happen. But Lacey, you obviously know the theme song. There's no way you don't know the theme song to that show. Uh, sing it for me. Believe it or not, I'm walking on air. I never thought I could feel so free. Flying away on a wing and a prayer. Who could it be? Yes. Believe it or not, it's just me. <laughs> Boom. There we go. That was amazing. We just got our intro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, can you just come and sing a song like every episode? I'll sing a song. <laughs> Say a prayer for the youth of America. <laughs> 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 I know that song. <laughs> I know that song. I used to jam that shit. I bought that soundtrack when it came out and I rocked that for <laughs> years. All right. Yeah. Other than the Scream franchise, what is your favorite movie soundtrack? Oh. Oh, movie soundtrack, period. Ooh, oh, there's so many. Footloose is high up there for me. That was not what I was expecting you to say. Like, <laughs> I was I was in Footloose the musical, and so a lot of the songs came from the movie, and so a lot of those songs were just ingrained in my head. 
for so many years. And so ooh, Footloose is out there in terms of movie soundtrack. Yeah, yeah. I'm again, I'm really into the 80s. So I'm really into 80s soundtracks. Heck, even no one's ever seen this movie. But I think the girls just want to have fun. The movie soundtrack is actually you mean pretty fantastic. Ever seen it. <laughs> I, mean, I like one of Peter and Jessica Parker. I mean, it's no like Footloose to like the general population. It's better but... than Footloose, in my opinion. <laughs> I've actually never that seen soundtrack's it. actually really good. Um, no, I love Girls Just Want to Have Fun. Um, yeah, so I, I've seen it, that's but a, I'm old. So that's a fantastic a... answer. I've <laughs> never so heard. You got it, a but... young Shanton Doherty in it too, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Helen oh. Hunt fucking Helen Hunt dancing mm-hmm. like and she like breaks her ankle or something I can't remember yeah it, no it was like the evil mm-hmm. woman like paid a dude to like make her fail the dance competition or something yes it's so and that's ridiculous. why she yeah that sounds like <laughs> she was she like couldn't dance anyways <laughs> she wasn't but she she had, she was a little feisty she had some spunk to where she had like good personality <laughs> to help out have you ever seen the clip of her from uh, that movie where she's like all high? Like, I think it's like on PCP and she like throws herself out of a window. <laughs> no. Oh my God. Okay. Look up uh, Helen Hunt. Uh, oh, you showed out that the window. Me. Yeah. Look, it's like the best thing ever. It was like a made for TV movie and they like made us watch it like in school. Like it was like an anti-drug movie. Wow. Nice. Like Helen Hunt like propels herself out of a fucking window because she's so high. <laughs> I love that I actually have a notebook out taking notes right now. That's what I'm <laughs> There you go. <laughs> window. All right. And it's our time for the most famous question that we ask everybody. It is time for fuck one, kill one, marry one. <laughs> Do you have any idea who I'm going to ask you? I mean, I have an idea, but I'm not going to say until you give up your answers. There you go. I want to say it's this cast, but who knows? It is. It is. It is. Okay. Um, and I have, it, we're going to do it two times, male and female. <laughs> so, yeah, because it's just fun. So um, it was hard to figure out which th- three women I wanted to pick because it's a little bit easier with the guys, I feel. Well, right. I mean, there's eight total. Ain't nobody fucking Debbie Salt. <laughs> well, that's part two. We're strictly doing part one. Which is funny because Jackie and Roseanne slept with everyone. Right. <laughs> just saying. Exactly. <laughs> All right, we've got Maureen Prescott. Oh, that's an easy one. <laughs> she yeah, really was. I know. Uh, <laughs> um, we've got Casey Becker. Oh. And yeah. we have uh, Gail Weathers. Oh. Interesting. Okay, so we're basically playing Fuck, Mary Kill. Yes, that's what we're cool. doing. Yeah. Yeah. Kill Maureen. Is it? Because there's nothing. Thing? Like, there's nothing, I don't know enough about her, and clearly there's so many secrets about her, so not even personality-wise, would make me be like, oh, I'm going to marry you. Um, besides, she's a little old for me. <laughs> well, she's also dead. She's also dead. <laughs> I'm thinking, like, in terms of <laughs> if she were still alive. And she probably has an STD or two. And she's a scary Yeah, ghost. yeah, yeah. Sydney, <laughs> fuck <laughs> out of here, Maureen. <laughs> okay. I would probably <laughs> fuck Casey, yeah, fuck Casey. Um, and yeah, I think I would marry Gail Weathers again, probably because she's been around and so there's more to her personality. There, I know more about her that I think I'd be more willing to take on a marriage with her than Casey, who I only know hyperventilating and screaming for 12 minutes, right. <laughs> well, that and that, makes um, that yeah. and she would probably give you the chance to, um. Uh, she would entertain you because she obviously was entertaining Ghostface. 
Um, yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. For a little bit anyways, before he said he was going to kill her. But yeah, um, yeah, 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 yeah. All right. No, your real fuck one, marry one, kill is uh, obviously Tatum, Sydney and Gail. Oh, OK. Um, I'm marrying Sydney. Let's be honest. It's Sydney Prescott. <laughs> right. I mean, she'll be the one wearing the pants in a relationship because Sydney Prescott. Um, but yeah, she's very, I think she's the hottest in this movie I've ever before. Dude. I disagree completely. <laughs> I mean, she, uh, she's cute in this, but I don't know. I think she looks the best in the Scream 5 trailer. I gotta be. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, my. We're, but, but we're old, You're closer so. to her age now than too then yeah, that's gonna be why you gotta bring that up again <laughs> <laughs> i thought part of this discussion was the whole generation gap I'm not, even, I'm not even a fan of the short hair but i think she looks pretty damn good in part two as well she does yeah. no yeah. i like part two yeah. as well yeah i think she cool. looks the worst in four and four yeah, yeah. i think mm, it's a time for me between two and three i'm just not a big fan of her hairstyle mm. right right in those right. and for me hair is a pretty big thing like if i had to be shallow about Same, something i prefer longer hair I don't know. It's the leather fucking coat. Yeah. And like, I just dig the leather coat. That leather jacket it, it, is it, sexy. It, it, it's a style. And she just like feels like such a badass in that movie. Like, oh, she is totally badass. Yeah. In that film. She feels a little bit weaker in this first one. And she like obviously gets her power as it goes on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 But oh no, she just had this cute girl next door kind of quality to yeah. her in this one that I really appreciate and I like. It's cool watching it now because now I am the same age that Nev Campbell was when she shot that film. So great. That's pretty right. cool. Yeah, that is. Um, so yeah, so we have this connection right here, especially if you're talking about in terms of how she was in the first film. Right. Um, then mm, I would probably fuck Tatum. Right. I probably fuck Tatum that again. Is. Probably in terms of like age, she is fun. Uh, yeah. I like just in terms of like she's the kind of person that I feel like I want to have a personal connect. I mean. If, in terms of fucking versus marrying Tatum yeah. isn't someone I think I would have a nice connection to and have just genuine conversations with the way right. that I would with Sydney Tatum's definitely more of like a going out to have a fun time kind of character right absolutely so yeah. I think that fits and I think I mean I like all three but I think by default Gail has to be the one to be taken out Is it <laughs> in this scenario <laughs> I'm guessing so. Uh, <laughs> all right. So um, next, uh, fuck one, kill one, marry one here. We have um, Principal Hembry. <laughs> hey! Sorry. <laughs> we have Kenny the cameraman. <laughs> <laughs> this, this is the genuine one. Yeah. And we have uh, Sheriff Burke. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'm killing off Sheriff Burke because he kind of reminds me of my grandpa. So I'm going to knock him out. Fair enough. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So bizarre. You know what? I'll I'll marry the principal just because of my love of happy days. I know at that point going towards actor, not character. But I guess I'm fucking Kenny before he gets his throat slit. I don't know. He'll feed you Cheetos. (laughs) Yeah, he'll feed me Cheetos. We'll have a good time. Love a good time. He wasn't, but I'll marry uh, the principal. His throat was slit. <laughs> he ain't yeah. in the union no more. Well, at least you know you'll get a um, probably a pension or something. Yeah, political. you'll get something kind of like kind of like a first lady kind of ish kind of scenario. Yeah, Being like the boss in charge of the boss. Wow, breaking uh, <laughs> right. beans. All right, so the real Sorry. one here is obviously Billy Stew, and 
I should go Randy, but I think you would probably kill Randy. So I'm going to throw in a wild card here and go cotton fucking weary. Oh, mm-hmm. interesting. I love how you immediately assumed I would kill Randy. Was I wrong? I'm not sure. <laughs> Still <laughs> figuring out. It wouldn't have been like an easy, like, oh, clearly kill him kind of a thing. Well, this is like I a have thought about round it. version of fuck, Mary kill. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Um... <laughs> I feel like fucking cotton means you're going to end up dead, so I won't fuck cotton. He's been fucked. Enough. Not just Marine, but also his girlfriend, too, in the third one. So who Well, knows? you would get an STD from him as well. So yeah, so you're kind of dead, too. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to kill cotton, then. And wait, who are the other two? Sorry, cotton's the only one I'm thinking of. I'm trying to get rid of him. <laughs> Billy and Stu. Oh, Billy and Stu. Um... See, I think I would marry Stu because I think as a character, he is a little bit more predictable and not as manipulative as Billy to the point where I feel like kind of like in a marriage, you kind of get to the point where you kind of know the person, you kind of know how they're going to act and do certain things. I think Stu is a little easier to read in terms of just like, yep, he's the crazy one. He is the (laughs) one along for the ride kind of scenario. So I think it would be easier to take him on um, and marry him and then just quickly fuck Billy. And then, hey, but in terms of Billy, if you fuck him, that doesn't necessarily mean you're going to die. So, boom. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I, I feel like Billy would manipulate you. You'd be doing the dishes. Like, yeah. And be yeah. Like, hey, wait a minute, Billy. He'll do a lot of emotional abuse. Billy Loomis, what the fuck? Let me fuck you with your dirty hands. <laughs> How did he not wash his hands? Okay. You dirty motherfucker. All right. That concludes our that was funny. one to kill one Mary one. I, I, would you have killed Brandy? Mm. I, ooh, mm. I think Randy and I would get along, as we all, as right. horror fans, think we would. So I probably wouldn't. Oh. I would probably think we would actually have genuine conversations and hang out. Maybe then it'll become, it will get to the point where we're kind of, you know, debating and fighting over who's the better fan to the point that maybe I'll end up killing Randy. So we'll fight to the death. Well, fight to know, the death. <laughs> well, you did say you were like superficial about Nev's hair. So maybe that's why. Because <laughs> his hair in this movie is terrible. Um, <laughs> I thought about it that way. There but you know yeah, what? Right. He did. He did fuck Jennifer Love Hewitt for a while. Amen. Yes, he did. Amen. That was bizarre. Like, While he was on Ghostbusters, right? Congratulations. Yeah. No, I follow him on social media. and Oh, you got to tell him about the phone calls. Oh, my God. No, so I signed up for a thing, and uh, and they just send me, like, you know, texts all the time. Like, hey, Jamie's going to be no, here. No, it, it's supposed to be Jamie Kennedy. It's supposed to be. He's like, hey, you going to c- come see me in Chicago? <laughs> <laughs> so there's all these texts, and then one of them, he was like, New merchandise is out. And I was like, I'm buying one of everything. And then I got a reply. He goes, really? And you said, no. He's like, what? Shock. I said, no, I'm not. That <laughs> was pretty funny. That's awesome. <laughs> but no, hats off to him. But I got to say, he's he's hilarious. He's definitely, um, you know, an intelligent person. But he's one of the most immature people. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's I, true. I can't believe he fucked out of all of you. It was like a long time, too, wasn't it? Right? Like it, was like four, it was like four years. I thought yeah. they were married or something. But yeah, they were together for a while. Yeah. I know. Yeah. yeah. Like, because he did that stand on Ghost Whisperer, as you said. Yeah. That's the only reason he made it on that show. For you, that, you, yes, that's exactly why he was ah. on that show. 
like that show. I need to finish yeah. it. Like, it's um, good. I finished it like 10 years ago or something. It was a long time, but I, I made it through like four seasons, I think. Um, it's before he showed up. So, right. um, oh, I think he showed up in season four. Yeah. I, oh, so yeah. I, I got through three seasons then. Yeah. Cause there's uh, a, there's a lot of stuff that happened in season four. So yeah, that, that show was fucking emotional though. <laughs> like, like the little kid ghosts and shit. Like, it, like I like legit would cry on some of those episodes. Like, I'm not even kidding. Like, I don't know what it was, but like yeah. that show gets me. And I feel like too, you know, during this era when Scream came out and I, obviously I know you did last summer in 97 and all yeah. that, like, it, it really did spawn a lot of people's careers. I mean, yeah, they did some stuff yeah. earlier, Mickey yeah. Mouse Club and all these mm-hmm. things, but this is a pivotal point for a lot of people's careers. Mm-hmm. And we're mm-hmm. still talking about these people today, you know? Like, yeah. look at fucking Cotton Weir. We were talking about that. Liam like, Shriver yeah. is probably the biggest. Yeah, we watched the commentary and, like, they said that, you know, the one, one main thing that he had done prior to this role and, like, literally he's only being put in the back of the police car in this movie. <laughs> Um, and his hair looks terrible. Mm-hmm. Like it looks so greasy. But but um, that's the brilliance. That's of kind the, of that. Yeah. That's the point because it's supposed to look like Billy's hair. Well, no, but well, that that not that. No, you don't think so. I well, no, I I would agree. I just think that the brilliance is in the fact that they only put him in one scene. Um, but he's such a major character with the foresight to maybe be possibly be putting him in a sequel, which they do, and he plays such a big role. And then it's super ironic right. that he's become such a big actor now. Like he's, yeah, he, he, he only stars did. in his own Right, show. yeah. Like, I mean, if Leif Schreiber was as big back then as he, as he is now, yes. I don't think they wouldn't have, they wouldn't have done that. Just I for the sake of, agree. Scream, no one knew how big it would get anyway. Like, yes, they had right. a treatment for a sequel, but it wasn't until the success that was like, oh, look, we are doing one. And, and so they, they wouldn't have put their money on the line to put this big guy in there for a potential follow-up. Right. If they didn't already know that this movie's gonna become big. Yeah, he'd only did like ransom and like a couple of like independent things, but yeah, yeah. this like definitely uh spawned his career because then he went on to do like the main manicure. How do you say it? The manicure you kind of type. Oh, yeah, I yeah, couldn't pronounce so it, sorry, so thank you. To, yeah. Oh, is that the re- is that a remake of the one from like the sixties yeah, yes. or something? Yes. Yeah, with Andrew Lansbury. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Oh my god, Christian, I have to bring this up because you commented on the post. Murder uh, she wrote? <laughs> yes, uh, Christmas she wrote. I totally honestly oh. thought the same thing. I thought it was gonna be like a murder mystery Christmas. I was so excited. I was like, dang it. It's fucking not at all. It's Lenny fucking Cooper and you then Doug from Dawson's Creek. Yeah. And did you watch Dawson's Creek too? I watched the first season, but I never oh, watched the other ones yet. You got to, like, yeah, yeah. Like three is amazing. Season three is like my livelihood. Yeah. So like, I feel like you connect with like what we like. So definitely, yeah. um, maybe stop at four, but like at least <laughs> three. Uh, no, yeah, I don't yeah. tell them that. Tell them to finish the whole thing. Yes, I mean obviously finish. I'm a completionist. I'll end up finishing yeah, no matter see? what. So there you go. Yeah. All right. We'll get on it then. Uh, <laughs> all right. So, um, all right. Scream came out on December 20th, 1996. Christian was negative three. <laughs> and what he was thinking about. So it. what age did you actually first watch this movie? Yeah. Yeah. So, well, what's funny is the night that my parents saw Scream, they saw it on the 23rd, I believe. So right when it came out and they heard good reviews, my dad proposed to my mom that night when they what? got out of the theater. What? Yeah. Yeah. Hold and so on. without screen, right. maybe I want to be here. Who knows? Wow. <laughs> That's insane. So are they like big horror lovers? 
No, they they're a fan of good movies. If a movie is good, no matter what the genre is, they'll right. be interested and go see it. But it's not. But they're not genre specific. Um, my mom used to like to go and see scary movies in theaters, like when Scream came out, and I know today last summer Halloween H two O. You know all those big ones. But I think once she had kids, it scary movies freaked her out for some reason, and so any horror love came to me. <laughs> so did and they so you watch horror movies as a child. Um, I remember Scream was the first scary movie I technically ever saw, and so that's part of this whole appeal of me of it. We had the old VHS tape. Um, I was about three and they would like they would just put it in thinking oh this is just background stuff for him to look at but he won't comprehend anything that's happening in this because he's so young right. um, and to be honest I, it's not like I completely knew what was going on I Whoa. got the idea of it but yeah. I, I was just really into it and so I watched it over and over again in my Elmo bed just <laughs> a blast watching scream until eventually they're like okay the fact that this three-year-old's obsessed with this movie let's not and so they took it out of the equation and so for years i wasn't allowed to watch scary movies but i knew i was like i don't know what film that is but i will track it down and i will watch it again <laughs> and so when scream 4 was coming out um they wouldn't let me see it in the theater because i was 11 Jesus and wow. yeah <laughs> so wow. this new one i'm so excited about because it'll be my first time seeing one in the theater uh it was the summer after it came out, so 2011, summer of 2011, that they finally let me watch the first three Scream films. And then when Scream 4 came out on Blu-ray that October, I was able to watch that. And that's when I started just been watching them over and over again for the last 10 years or so. <laughs> so wow. that was my introduction to horror was through that and through Stephen King's It adaptation. Because once they didn't let me watch Scream anymore... Um, it didn't take too long before they finally let me at least watch the Tim Curry It, knowing it was a TV movie from 1990s. Like there the would be one. too much. Yeah. Yeah. And right. so that's the reason why it's one of my favorites is because it's very nostalgic for me in terms of me growing up and watching that one right. for so long. Right. So, yeah, that's my introduction. What was your introduction to Scream, Dan? So Christian said that he was 11 when Scream 4 came out. I was the same age when the original came out. So um, one of my first movies in the theaters was Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I remember it very vaguely, but I do remember going into a theater and it opening up and it just changed my life. Same thing happened with Scream. Um, I remember I had just moved to the Cape on Cape Cod. And yeah, obviously I had to go with my mom. I went with my cousin as well. And I had no idea it was going to change my life. I knew I saw the trailer. I don't know the exact date that I saw it. It wasn't in, it wasn't opening night, uh, but it was definitely opening weekend. And I saw it and it changed my entire life. It just completely sent me on a trajectory, um, you know, seeking out more horror movies, realizing what directors, oh, like, okay, yeah, that's Wes Craven. Okay, that's what I like. It, it started the identification process, if you will, for me. You know, that's when I really started just seeking this stuff out. And it all started with Scream. And honestly, nothing has been more prevalent in my life in terms of just for entertainment purposes, but for like personal reasons as well, mm -hmm. uh, aka meeting the love of my life. Aww. So yeah, that's my story. Uh, <laughs> <short>. Awesome. <laughs> my story. Uh, this is the first time, like, I'm. I think publicly admitting this. Um, I had seen every film 
in the theater on opening night except for scream i remember like telling people like i had seen it on opening night because like that i just didn't i like, get that though i would have said like, the same I fucking like, thing i feel like i feel like i feel like i was i was being i would have been judged like ah you're not a real scream like you're right. not the real fan like fuck you i have a ghost face tattoo knowing yeah. that though in your mind do you think that you've been fighting against that your whole life what do you mean? Trying to make sure that you know your shit and you're informative about everything and you are on everything because you are. <laughs> what like, do you I mean? feel like, no, I feel like that's probably one of your biggest motivators in life. It's because you didn't see Scream in the theater. So you're like, I'm not a fucking fraud. <laughs> no. Well, like, but you know what? Like, honestly, like, all right. So I was always a horror movie fan. Like, yeah. it, this movie just like solidified, like, my everything right like, my life changed after it it really did like it's hard to remember before but like I knew like I loved like child's play and you know like my my I could watch anything right like I mean mm-hmm. like anything so yeah. like my yeah. parents had no restrictions on me whatsoever I was pretty much left to my own devices like I mean my family buys me like a, a Christmas movie or a horror, horror movie, movie for Christmas every mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. I watch on Christmas like right. it, it's a tradition and that started like in 97 yeah so um, I've been doing that since. Um, yeah. But um, <laughs> the first time I watched Scream, um, I actually didn't see it in the theater. I didn't see it in the theater until last year. Um, so it, <laughs> that's so crazy to so, say. Um, but that, like, and we've seen, I've seen it like three times in the theater now. Right. Uh, we've right. Seen, yeah, we've seen it in October for the 25th, then we've seen it twice last year. Right. Um, so um, yeah, it, that's crazy that I, I never thought I would get that opportunity. So the fact that I have been able, I can now actually say that I've seen every movie on the big screen. Uh, hey, Christian, you want yeah. to know how I know Lacey lose the love of my life? So we're watching Scream on the big screen for the third time, uh, the most recent one. And it was okay. at that exact moment. I don't know if you remember, but when the when that came out, everybody was hoping for a sneak peek for screen five to be played with the screening of the 25th anniversary, the, 25th. the 4k. Yeah. Trust me. I was there for that too. I was really hoping. Yes. <laughs> yes. And yeah. And that was an amazing experience because everybody yep. in the theater after the lights went up was talking about it and stuff. But during that, we left the theater, we left the theater to go look at a Spanish cam version of the fucking trailer out in the hallway. <laughs> wow. Hola, Sydney. Hola, Sydney. There's an honor. Like, what? I saw part of that too. Not gonna right? Lie. Exactly. <laughs> like, we were like, and that's what I mean though. Like, to, to experience it all these years later, it's hard to explain to people how movies like this have had an effect on your life, but continue to do so and tie things together. And in, in, I think it's a, it's a very beautiful thing. You know, it, mm-hmm. it, it's like a staple in your life. And you can think of all these things in your life around when all these movies came out. And I just think it's so exciting that we have a new one coming out and then we can go back to the original like we're doing now right. and just and just soak it up. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So the first time I actually did end up watching it, um, my mom rented it from the video store. Like I didn't, I don't even think I knew it existed. Yeah. Um, you know, um, I really don't. Um, but nine though, like, like ten, eight, eight, nine years eight, old. Eight, yeah. You're right. Um, like, I mean, mm-hmm. I, but like they said, like when it first came out or whatever, like the marketing wasn't like that great for it. Yeah. Um, it was a word of mouth movie that like spread like wildfire. Right. So like, it wasn't something that, and like, obviously nobody's telling me as a, 
eight nine year old and right. like nobody i hung out with like really watched these mm-hmm. things, you know so um it wasn't until my mom brought it home but like she would always rent like whatever the newest horror movie was that came out that week so she got it the week that it came out i believe and she ordered us pizza and breadsticks yeah. and uh this is before she like met my stepdad um and um i think yeah somewhere around there anyways but um okay. so it was just us so it was just us three girls me my mom and my sister and um we would bring in our sleeping bags or our pillows and blankets and sit on her floor and eat pizza and we had cookies too I remember that and I just remember like watching it and like I I watched friends so um it was really cool to see um you know Courtney Cox on there and yeah. the role that she did mm-hmm. and I just and like I I because I I was um, I watched like Nick a lot of Nick at night too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like um seeing all these characters pop up that like I personally knew. Right. Like so like when Principal Henry, yeah. Henry Ringo popped up at uh, the Fonz, you know, hey. he um I was like, hey. <laughs> hey. Um, <laughs> you know, so like that was one thing that I thought was cool is like I like I feel like I would I like knew more than like other people like right. when they were watching it like mm-hmm. my mm-hmm. age. Yeah. Like I feel like it propelled me like. I, oh, I have this inner knowledge that other people don't because I bet you they don't fucking watch Nick at Night Happy Days. Is that not? Yeah, no one my age knows Happy Days, but I was one who was excited. Right. <laughs> yeah, like, exactly. it's just cool to like, and as a, like an eight, nine year old, like it was just one of the coolest things. And yeah. um, mm-hmm. aside from it being that, like there's this, 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 there was just something so different about it. Like I, I didn't understand like what meta was or anything. And like, I don't even care about that aspect of the movie, to be honest, like it's cool, but like the movie's so much more than that. Right. And mm-hmm. this, I had never seen a whodunit like this before. And right. mm-hmm. I was sitting like on the edge of my seat, like, who is it? Who is it? And I was just like, well, and I also knew Dewey because he was in um, uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. And my sister watched that movie you every remembered day. It? Yeah, that's so great. Um, wow, it's, it's just everything. Like, yeah, and she watched that movie like every day after school, Buffy the Vampire Slayer with Christy Swanson and David Arquette and Luke Perry. And so like, it, like just seeing these characters, like, and you're thinking like, could they be the killer? Please do not tell me Monica from Friends is the fucking killer. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Just going through like the process or the Fonz can't be the killer, you know? Like right. it was such a fun, really cool fucking experience. Yeah. And like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I was like, please don't be one of the hot guys. And of course it's like two of the hot guys, you know. But um it like it just I, like I like don't even think I touched the breadsticks. Like I was so <laughs> I was so entertained, like on the edge of my seat with like my 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 fist like underneath my chin, just like sitting there watching, like right. And Immersed. yeah, and then uh I, I watched it uh like three times before we had to take it back. And like I like I told everybody that like I had a crush on Stu. Yeah. But um it, was, it no, it was really David Arquette. Wow, really interesting. Yeah. If it was really David wow. Arquette. Was I it ne- his boyish good looks? It must have been. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Maybe it was because he was also in Buffy, so like I kind of already right. knew him. Yeah. But and, he's such a great character in this one, too. Well, and I he just is. feel like he's authentic and right. I don't know. Like, so like, yeah, I have like a major love for him. Like I, I started watching, like I never watched an episode of Dancing with the Stars prior oh, to him being yeah, on it. <laughs> and yeah, and so like I watched because he was on there. So um yeah, I'm a little, 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 little obsessed with Dewey Loki. Okay, yeah. not not Loki anymore. Okay. That's all right. Yeah, <laughs> we're not gonna hate on you for it's that. It's a beloved character. 
So yeah, that's what um, reinvigorated it all. And I showed it to everybody. Like as soon as I got that for Christmas the next year, I literally showed it to everybody, like family functions, sleepovers. Like right. I remember mm-hmm. like my mm-hmm. uncles who are like 10 years older than me. So they would have been like in high school at the time, you know, um, we had like this big party and they had like all their friends come over to our house as well. My uncle had everybody come over yep. and yeah. I popped in that fucking movie. Yeah. And like my uncle's friends who are like 10 years older, obviously. And they're like, whoa, the Fonz lost is cool. <laughs> and like, It's just like little moments like that, like that you just don't forget like when you show certain people this movie and yeah it's it's such a feeling and like i'm so nostalgic for it and mm-hmm. i'm like obviously really obsessed with it i i remember <laughs> going over my buddy's house because when it first came out to rent it's gone off the blockbuster shelves you know and this was when they would release them and then they would they would sell the movie but not right away so you only had the option to rent it uh, the first couple of days at least i know and so I couldn't get it. So he, I called him and I was like, I couldn't get it. He was like, he said, my mom's going right now. The one uptown, she's going to see. It. And he got one. So I remember going over his house and yeah, there was like, I slept over like the whole weekend. Obsessively watched this movie <laughs> over and over. I and believe over it because and yes. over and you're over. still that person. As yeah. you should. I know. I am still <laughs> that person in a lot of ways. And I just remember it being such a thing and you know that excitement when I first got to rent it and I just and I again I would re-rent it you know just go mm-hmm. for the late fees or whatever you got to do and I remember you know thinking it this is great you know it opened up such a world to me in with movie watching and and all these kind of things but that in itself carved out its own niche you know and again to this day nothing's been able to come even fucking close and i think that what what i'm assuming we all have in common about the the series and i think that we could all defend in terms of this being our favorite you know horror franchise is the fact that, like you said, Lacey Lou, it's a whodunit slasher. Yes. You, know, you have your Freddies, you have your Jasons, but this adds such a different, fun element. You never to know it. who's under that fucking mask. How except each like, time? Yeah. Why aren't we talking? Like, that's such a big element to these movies. It's not supernatural. It's not a, a, a mongoloid, you know, uh, killer. <laughs> like, and, and all that's fine. There's a place for that. Like, again, I grew up with those movies have, as well. There, but, you have plenty of those. But, but this, it's mm-hmm. just different. It's special. It's different. It's it's fun. It's, it's, it's interactive. It's playing a game within the construct of a horror movie, you know? Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and with its audience. Right. And, and that's why you said the meta angle. You know, I think when the movie came out, it that's why it was such a big deal much like spider-man just came out and they're talking about doing things in the multiverse and all these things it's the first time you can really do something like that and then crush (laughs) it so scream you can only do that really once and everything after it's naturally a result and you know i'm i'm happy because of it but it's kind of one of those tricks where you can only pull once maybe twice yeah Uh, no i disagree the yeah 
no because like it, like it's generational like so times change so like right you know like it's different versions of meta well you like have to now you with, can literally put in facebook because it's meta you have to come up with right <laughs> no you have to come up <laughs> with a different angle though you know like always, what cabin in the woods did right yeah. thank you yeah exactly that's a perfect example and so there's always different approaches you can take what i'm saying is is scream the first one to do it no as we know Craven did it with fucking New Nightmare before. Which but- is so good. It makes me upset they didn't do better at the box office. Yeah, right? Just saying. Yeah. So when Scream came out, though, I don't know. For me, it was it was the amalgamation of all the things. It was all those things blended into one. And for me personally, the timing couldn't have been more impeccable. And it literally just catapulted me into being like a horror movie fan for life. Right. What I hate mm-hmm. is the people that like hate on Scream because they're like, we got so many um, just knockoff movies. It killed the horror genre for like a good decade. No, it didn't. Like, I love those. It no, literally it, did the opposite. Yeah. Like, I mean, right. it, I mean, you get like your I Know What You Did Last Summers, um, which was a book mm-hmm. prior to Scream ever even having been a thing. One of the only few books. Which I liked that book. I did read it. It's completely different. I haven't watched the series yet. Um, he shot same. Barry on the football field. I, I, I'm like <laughs> apprehensive to watch it because like Ryan Phillippe and Jay Love and, mm-hmm. you know, like Sarah Michelle Gellar. It's so close to my heart that yeah. like, I, people shit on that movie all the time, too. They're like, it's too depressing. Mm-hmm. Like people are just little bitches. But like, I mean, we have plenty of movies like the like Blair Witch came out in 99, which is nothing to do like that. Anything, right? so, we had that. We had Sixth Sense. American Psycho. There was a lot that came out. Like, how right. are you going to sit here and say that that's all the kind of movies that we got? That See, and that's what people like to focus in on. They like to generalize and make weird arguments like that. There's always been great movies. I, I don't think horror, I mean, yeah, it's gone through little dips or whatever, but this particular one that we're talking about, it was. It, were, it was a resurgence into the slasher genre in particular, and it, it added that whodunit element, which mm-hmm. obviously the 80s did a lot, uh, you know, um, in what is it, uh, uh, prom night and stuff. Yeah. Kevin Williamson even says on the on the uh, commentary, he's like, now that wasn't my favorite movie, but, but that's what we were going for. But it was like, the element of uh, everybody's a suspect. And that's, what, right. that's what's great about it. Like how, many, how many times mm-hmm. have you seen a movie and you're like, oh, I like that, but shit, I could do better than that. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Like, An unpopular opinion. Friday the 13th, they, they technically pulled that angle, but I don't think they pulled it off that well right. because the person was introduced just two minutes before she revealed herself to be the killer <laughs> in the first place right. instead of at least having her maybe in the scene when Annie came into the restaurant or whatever, just to, just to make her appearance known right. that she's there. So right. even Friday the 13th pulled the angle, and I don't even think they pulled it off that well in the first place. They yeah. didn't, and, and that's why I, I personally don't even consider it. Like, they set it up like it's a whodunit, like it's going to be one of them, and, yeah. then, and then it's just this random lady. So, yeah, the fact that they hone in on the whodunit aspect so perfectly and the way it's constructed to where, you know, obviously when all the killings take place, you can place everyone and, and everything flows and, every, and all their boxes are checked as far as that goes. That just adds to the brilliance of it, but it's so easy to mess that up too. Do you think there's any slip ups in Scream in in terms of that kind of thing? Like with, you know, with Billy and Stu or maybe like the bathroom kill or anything like that? Um, I shouldn't say kill, the attack. um, 
See, some of those parts, I always question whether or not it is Billy and Stu or whether or not it's those two fuckers who were <laughs> getting caught by yeah, the principal. Conversation. Okay, yeah. I, yeah. and I agree. Uh, one of them, you can see his shoes when he runs through. So the one scaring her that runs down the hallway, I don't believe it's that one. Um, and I agree with Chris. I believe it's somebody playing a prank because like yeah. you said, um, they didn't have a knife. Well, they didn't I, have a weapon. Well, no, they didn't. But um, on the commentary, yes, um, they did make a point to say that we see these boots yeah. so that they made every suspect wear these same kind of boots. So sure. I believe mm-hmm. that it was intentional that it, well, they were actually going to cut that bathroom scene. Yeah. Um, originally, so I think it probably had something different planned. So I, I think maybe it is one of the killers. Yeah. Just based off of the commentary of them talking about the boots, like why would everybody else have to yeah. wear the boots? You know. Well, well then, a lot of people were wearing those boots, and they ended up not being the killers. Correct. Anyway. And so, and she so it could saw, still be someone who wasn't the killer. And she saw the boots, and that's what they were trying to relay is the fact that she knows that the killer wears those boots as well. Yeah. yeah so, and immediately so after Sydney runs out the bathroom. It immediately cuts to the reporter saying some students were found wearing the scary mask. Right. And so I don't know. That got to my attention that that meant up oh, someone else was caught because they were pulling this shit. Right. Like just based off of like originally, like I was going the student route, but because I listened to the commentary, I believe their intention was that this was supposed to be one of the killers. Okay. If it was a killer, then it has to be stupid, correct? Yeah, I, I think so because um, I think it's the only one stupid enough to try to do it in the school bathroom in the first place. <laughs> right. Well, yeah, right. Well, no, like so the moment that like I knew that Stu uh could be the killer well ne- like on rewatch um value like you can definitely tell it's both of them yeah um oh yeah and you did oh, yeah. but, but, but that's um, a brilliance of it as well yeah right no but when he was like he's like so excited that like people are dressed up as him <laughs> yeah. like he's like are you kidding me this place is like christmas why <laughs> would somebody say that stupidity leak like hit him with the sucker while you're at it like, 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 <laughs> like, like he's very excited that these people are dressed up right like, people are yeah. dying you know, and you're excited that people are wearing this costume floating around the school. Like, I get it, you're a young, dumb teenager, right. but if that doesn't tell you that that's not a killer, I don't know what does. Right. Well, I, I, I will say this, though, that when they have things like that happen at school and stuff like that, no matter what it's for, um, and then, like, I've had situations where school has been cut for the day, like, you know, on a Friday, and then somebody will be having a party and it just seems like an event. So he's probably just happy that school was off. And secondly, that's perfect because that provides them an opportunity to, to do their thing at Stu's house as well. But he's so he the actual probably, killer. So. Right, that's what I'm saying. So yeah. he's probably double happy. like Double oh, happy? Double the happy. Like, mm-hmm. What is double happy? Double happy for double reasons. Double the pleasure, double the fun, double McGum. Um, but I, I just think that he is such a great character. Randy is such a great character. Mm-hmm. Uh, all of these people are just so entertaining to watch that when I when I saw it the first time, I I it didn't even really dawn on me that it could possibly be Stu. No, no, hmm. I was just so immersed in it and and. And at that point, uh, it didn't even really cross my Who mind. Who did you think was the killer? Um, I definitely didn't think it was two. I thought it might be Dewey, I remember. Um, I do remember at one point thinking it was Randy, obviously. But this is as like a little kid. Yeah. But again, yeah. you were saying um, on rewatch, it's so fun to watch all these scenes with them, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, and see kind of 
you know, the other side of it. And especially now with all the sequels too, it's, it's built such a mythology kind of behind it, knowing all these people's past. And, you got to kick mm-hmm. it off the show. You mentioned sequels. And all their motivations that <laughs> in, in this movie, in this movie in particular, the OG, the original, uh, it is fun to watch and, with all those things in mind. But I digress because I don't want to get kicked off my own show. Yep, yep. No, no, Christian. Glad it was you first, not me. <laughs> um, you had said that you like seen this like as a kid, so I'm wondering like if any had been spoiled for you at all because oh, like, right. you were like really young. I remembered that Billy and Stu were the killers. I couldn't remember Aww. their names, but I remembered the fact that it was like the two taller guys. I guess you could say. I remember. I remember it not being Randy. So it was like a process of elimination when I was watching right. it again. I was like, oh, it's these two. And the sad thing is, this is how pathetic I was. Um, I was so upset that I had to wait forever to watch some of these films younger because my parents wanted me to wait that uh, I spoiled myself for two, three, and four before I saw them. So I never had a true experience of oh going to a theater God, and not knowing who they were. Dude. Because I was like, fine, if I can't watch the film, then I'll at least read the story like a short story then, if you allow me to do that. So I could just know what's going on. And so I did go in knowing wow. what's going on in all of them. And so that's why I'm like, okay, this is the one, this new one is the finally, I could finally have this experience and just stay away from right. all the crap. Like, so you watched the trailer though, obviously for the new one. I watched the trailer um, because I figured usually first trailers are really just a toe dip into what's going on here. Right. Yeah, I mean, um, it's a two-hour movie. I think I yeah. it's going to be like a two-and-a-half-hour movie, actually. Oh, it says an hour, 54 minutes. Oh, really? The yeah, part five? Which, is, which is longer than one and four, shorter than three and two. Wow. Isn't one an hour, 53? One is an hour. Well, my copy is in 150. Four is 150. Three, mine is 156. And, and uh, the second one's currently the longest at two hours. Wow. What? 201, right? 201 something like that yeah so currently the second one's still the longest yeah mm. no i thought for sure that like i read somewhere that it was going to be like over i years. read that too i did read that too and then especially bastards. came up in the theaters that's going to be an hour 54 minutes well so unless there is an extended cut or something but i don't know um i know that they did come out and say several times i, I watched interviews with the filmmakers and they basically said yeah, no, this is, we put a lot of time into this trailer to make it purposefully deceptive. So you, they literally said, you know, nothing. And I love that because they're so aware of the franchise of how many people are going to pick apart it and, Mm -hmm. and and go crazy looking into this stuff that I feel like we've been in good hands since day one, but that's because they're such lovers and, and fans of this franchise of this original movie and I have all the faith in the world that they're not going to only give us a screen movie, but I think they're going to bring something new to the table as well, mm-hmm. uh, honoring this current OG that we're talking about yeah. right now. Yeah, like Dan, you said a little bit earlier that you never had since Scream a theater or a movie experience that was so um, impactful the way yeah. it was when you first saw Scream. Well, the closest I ever got to that was seeing Ready or Not two years ago. Oh. I was so excited when I first watched that movie because I, because the trailer looked stupid to me, honestly, like at first. And then the reviews right. came in. They're like, this is so good. And so I was like, fine. And so I went into the theater and I saw it and I was like, what is this? There's way more to this than just 
these rich people trying to kill this lady. Like there's like, there's this whole storyline and this whole backstory. And then it gets to the end. And I was like, fuck yes, this is fantastic. <laughs> so the closest I ever got to that kind of experience was Ready or Not. And even I remember after that movie came out, I was like, wow, the, something like this is what a new screen right. film would need. And that was before they even announced to do the next one. And so that's oh. what made me feel more excited. Yeah. That is perfect, dude. That is perfect. I don't want to get kicked off the show, but like my favorite theater experience was obviously part two. Yeah. You know, like um, I'll talk about that on the next episode. <laughs> well, we're going to say that a lot. <laughs> well, we were just listening to the commentary and Wes Craven, he was talking about it as the credits were rolling where they were in pre-production and he was like, this is by far the quickest sequel that we've ever, you know, done to. On, yeah. So they would do the commentary for the first one, which they generally do right after, you know. Yeah. Um, and, and he was ready to go and they were so excited for screen they were just like talking about ideas that they were going to change and all this all this fun stuff but i remember that being a thing during that time it was such a big wave right and you could feel it between this i know what you did last summer uh i still know what you did last summer and then you know scream one two urban legend it was it was almost like holy shit like and other like, franchises came back that's why we got halloween h2o and then brian right. and chucky even pulled the meta h2o yeah. was like the crescendo dude for me when yeah. i saw h2o in the theaters it was literally everything that i loved about scream well it had into- the same score and and it was a culmination. Yes. 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 CC Cooper. Right. It's so hard watching Halloween H two. I love Halloween H two. It's my favorite besides the original. Yeah. But it's it's a struggle for me to not just replay scenes from Scream in my head when I watch oh, right. it sometimes. Yes, I love that though. I love it, and you know, loving the Halloween movies as well. It was a build up to that. So again, it all kind of culminated, and I was like, "This is fucking unreal." Probably mm-hmm. the best mm-hmm. time for me personally yeah, in, it in, was, in my opinion like i and yeah i wish you could have lived it christian oh i would have <laughs> had so much fun <laughs> seeing all of them but that's why a couple years ago i remember texting you guys because remember yeah. i was living with a friend and i was like we're gonna watch all these movies should i do it franchise by franchise or a movie chronologically right and i decided with you guys chronologically because i wanted him to see how all these franchises evolved based off of year so that by the time you got to scream and you right. saw the trash that came right beforehand, yes. he, he really noticed this big change and this impact by the time he saw a scream. I want to make sure he had this true, like, this is what happened experience yeah. and notice the different trends that followed. And heck, even the fucking poster saw the floating heads and all that. You could even, you could tell what movie right. is pre-scream, pre-scream or post-scream just based off the poster sometimes alone. Yeah. But <laughs> yeah. you could just tell there was this whole big change and I wanted him to see that since we weren't able to live it ourselves. So it was really cool to go and dive in that way. I don't know why, but like when I think of floating heads, like scream isn't the first uh cover that pops up to me because like I I have like so many different covers of it. What's the first one? The first movie that pops up in my head. It's not even one that I own. What is it? But like I just remember seeing it like on the the shelves at the fucking uh, video store all the time. Yeah, it uh, is actually <laughs> the anticipation here. Uh, ben Affleck was the bomb in fact. Phantoms. How did I know you were gonna just say that though? No, that's why I was just staring at you. I knew you were gonna say Phantoms really? because we that's... never even talked about that. No, I swear to God, that was just on my mind as well. 
I'm like, I was going to say it, but I was like, no, I, I'm not going to say shit. And I, holy fuck, you just said Phantoms. Yeah. That is crazy. (laughs) I don't like, I don't even remember that movie. His dumb head with Rose McGowan's and yeah. Yeah. Like I, I, like, I remember like the, the poster of it um, or the cover, but that's about it. You know, what's great about the generational gap though. And, and people seeing them later Uh, for me anyways, um, you know, getting to see it in the theater. I, I look at that, like it's a privilege, but not a right. Right. (laughs) But, but at the same time, hearing that you can have your own experience and find it on your own. And, and like you said, like that story of how you came to find it, Christian, that is great fucking to hear because let's face it, if it was just me and your mother was no Sharon Stone. Right. If it was just (laughs) me experiencing that, then it would probably die off pretty quick because people would look back and say, ah, that's lame, you know? And I have a friend, John. Now, John knew who the killers were in Scream because he's fucking seen scary movie. Right. <laughs> uh, and 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 like he what like if that's not his fault, that's just pop culture. Like, how right. can you not know that? Mm-hmm. But at the same Some time, are just completely unavoidable. Yeah, yeah, right. So to to have your own experience that wasn't, you know, kind of <laughs> shitty like that, or that's great to hear that you can kind of carry on its legacy and people can have all different types of experience because essentially we're all watching the same movie so who really fucking or cares what the time same you find yeah. right or reading yeah, yeah uh-huh. no, and i honestly love that you did that look that shows like how much of a diehard fan you are right and that you still like love the movies even after reading it so like you read the scripts then i not the script it was literally the wikipedia pages Oh, you're not even gonna read the script no not even the script it was literally just the short story the little synopsis that goes through everything yeah, it was a uh-huh. shame. It was a shame, and I accidentally stumbled on the Scream Four one because it was like right before the film came out, uh-huh. and I thought I was just going to give a brief synopsis of what the movie was going to be. Why I kept reading, I don't know, dumbass eleven-year-old me, and then it got to the ending, and I was like, shit. <laughs> so <laughs> I was about to watch you, this. So when did you actually get to see, um, it for the first time? Then, like full. Oh, like, each you- film. Yeah. Like I said, summer of uh, 2011. It was like each night, like my mom was like out of town for work for a few days. My <laughs> dad was like, now it's the time. Yeah. Finally <laughs> watch them. And so my little brother was watching too. It's like, you're finally letting me watch them. But my brother's like two years younger than me. I'm like, fine. I could have watched him a couple years ago then if you're gonna let him watch it now. But <laughs> <laughs> I finally got the chance. So it was like each night, like here's the thing. I hate soccer so much and i they made me do this soccer camp (laughs) and i hated it it was like a three-day soccer camp it was like all day and i'm like this was just not for me dude my dad's like fine each long day after soccer camp i'll watch the next scream film so that was my initiative to do it and so each night i'll be like soccer camp for eight hours hating everything about it but then we finally watched scream that night and then the same thing with two and three the following so it was great and then october came and scream four is on blu-ray so we finally watched it yes awesome. i love it i remember i just remembered something like i yeah I, I had forgot that this happened um so like my stepdad's sister was like babysitting me um like we're, i was staying overnight because mm-hmm. my parents like went out of town so like his sister was babysitting and she's like bring your favorite movie Uh-oh. and like clearly like if like she wasn't somebody that like uh would talk to you frequent or you know she was obviously like just the person like this is like the only time she ever babysat me too right <laughs> um but she's like yeah bring your favorite movie 
and uh, we'll watch that and have popcorn. And I was like, okay. It'll be a sober party. <laughs> It'll be a scream. Nice. And um, <laughs> so I, I brought Scream, obviously. And she's like, yeah, go ahead and put in your movie and we'll watch it. And like, I like didn't tell her anything. I just like, it. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, like, I had forgot this happened. I swear to God, this like legit happened. And uh, so the movie starts and, you know, we get Drew Barrymore on screen. And like, so she's like watching it, eating the popcorn. No, you listen, you little bitch. And like <laughs> the, the look on her face was like pure horror yes and like it was pure horror and um she shut it off after that first uh scene so it's so funny yeah should have been like it's never been kissed right drew barrymore and david arquette i know (laughs) right it's (laughs) no okay let's talk about that opening scene yes um let's do it and for me it starts with the dimension logo i can literally when i see that pop up it Literally, I can remember the feeling I had when it first came on in the theater. And every time you've seen a movie with yep. that logo out. Yeah, yeah. And with the ring, and then the title comes in, and she picks up the phone. I mean, classic in so many different ways. Like, how that opening scene is constructed, I think it's it's a thing of beauty. It The silence of it in the beginning... Mm-hmm. And there's no music. It's just them talking on the phone. You got Roger Jackson obviously doing his thing for the first time, too. And shout out to him because I think he does a fantastic job in these movies and really elevates these scenes, yeah, all yeah. these scenes uh, that are on the phone. And part of that's probably because he was on set on the phone with them. Yeah. As I'm sure uh, you both know. And so I think that really just amplified and, you know, kind of like live theater. In a way, it's like you have the audience there. You you know the person you want to scare, and you know that kind of just gets it to your soul a bit, I guess. When he does the voice, absolutely, yeah. I, I and how, just the way that scene plays out. I mean, obviously, you can feel something building or whatever. I gotta I gotta say that th- this scene, more than anything in my life, like I literally remember my fucking heart pounding through my chest. I was so fucking terrified. I was looking out her back window there. I was looking <laughs> every corner. I'm like, fuck, fuck. Because I knew I could just tell. I'm like, this is a really like well done movie. And that they're going to do something really good. And I still didn't expect what they gave us. When he first fucking turns around there and, and reaches through the window at her, pure terror mm-hmm. never been repli- never been replicated again no like even yep. even those like uh scenes of him just looking around in the house and darting past in the ghost face that's the, the smoke going off that's and... the first time yeah we've seen ghost face like you've never mm-hmm. seen anything like this before this again not a Michael or a Jason or a supernatural thing. Like this is just a crazy motherfucker and a mask just running yeah. around. Yeah. Holy shit. My favorite part of the opening is the horror movie talk, because like, I felt yeah. like it was speaking directly to me. Right. Exactly. And exactly. Like, you know, like, because I, like I had watched all of the nightmare on Elm streets prior to this. And like, it's kind of a, you know, Wes Craven obviously threw that in there. Of, well, the first one was with the rest sucked about right. nightmare on Elm street. And like, I knew that, you know, because it's true that the first one was like amazing, but like, right. parts, but, like I just like, but it's a, like, I knew it was a consensus that like the movies after that were like, well, hated right, or not as appreciated as the first or Wes Craven had, I, 
as a nine-year-old, I knew that Wes Craven um, wasn't directed. a fan wasn't a fan of the sequels. Did you know that he directed this movie? Yes. Oh. <laughs> yes. 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 Yeah. And as someone who's never seen basically any true horror film up to that point. This movie is so good for horror fans and those who are first getting introduced because this movie just helps you build that list of movies that they're referencing that you're like, oh, I need to go see this. Oh, Prom Night. I wonder what that is. And I look it up later. I'm like, cool. Guess I'm watching that tonight. So it just really just adds. Right. What's that movie with E.T. mom in it? Oh, um, or straight ahead. And, and, and they mentioned like, Evil Dead, Hellraiser. Yeah. But, but but my favorite part is like Candy I remember I, I remember I was trying <laughs> to um, read what movie she had rented and I could never figure it out like when she's playing with them on the TV, right? And that's where my head was at in it. And then when they're playing when he's playing trivia with her, I wish I hope they bring that back. Um, they they did a little bit in four, but like I, right. I hope they bring some of that element back, right? Of um, yeah, you know, um, playing with them. Play, playing a game, but yeah. Um, yeah. I remember when he is asking the questions and, um, you know, Michael, Michael Myers. And then, yeah. and then she said, Jason, I was like, no, <laughs> yeah. like, yeah. like it, it, that's the moment it had me. That, right. That yeah. Yeah. Right there, Cause he tricked her and she even said, you tricked me. Right. And that's the moment the movie honestly had me. Yeah. Lucky for you, there's a bonus round. And then the but poor know, Steve, I'm afraid he's yeah. out. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it's so good. No, and like just the that whole setup, and then finally, like, what door am I at? And then, oh my god! And I can't believe how amazing that scene is. I still watch it to this day. And now, like, and I'm sure you guys do it as well. Now I'm the type of person that just like likes to look at like what they have on their fridge and stuff. You know, like. Just, <laughs> Like, I agree. I'm like staring yeah. at random stuff and I'm like looking at the pattern. Like, on what the have line. I missed? Right. Yeah. Like, yeah. Right. When, when I was watching the commentary today, and um, yeah. I, I've watched this movie 20 goddamn times, obviously way more than that, but yeah. oh, um, like like over a thousand probably. Um, <laughs> yeah. honestly, um, but I honestly never picked up on the fact that when Randy says, Did you really put her liver in the mailbox? Because I heard they found her liver in the mailbox next to her spleen and her pancreas. Right. And then in the following scene, Sydney gets off the bus and she goes and checks right, the mail. mailbox. I never picked up on that line and <laughs> yeah. her directly doing that. Yeah. Like, I never yeah. picked that up before. Did you? Um, no, because no, I thought it was kind of normal, especially if she was home alone anyway, to be like, oh, is there anything in the mail? But I guess it is right. a cool cut right. to go along with the line. Right. But yeah, but that that's what they did. And yeah. I just thought that was like, I'm like... I was like, I didn't know that. I didn't know something about Scream, and now I do. Oh, oh what's funny is that right in that moment. Sorry. No, go ahead. Every, what's funny is that no matter how scary anything in the movie is, the one thing that makes pretty much everyone jump is just the sound effect when the bus rolls in on Sydney's house. Right. That's the one thing that makes everyone jump. Not, nothing in Drew Barrymore's scene, nothing right. in anything else. But for some reason, there was just this big sound effect when the bus rolls into Sydney's house that makes most of my friends jump and freak out all the time. So that tells you how impactful Drew Barrymore's scene was that they were just on edge for everything else. Right. They were like, who knows? Right. Yeah, no, it sets the table for shit to come where it creates this uneasiness to where it's like, oh, we're having fun, but holy fuck, that was terrifying. But, but from that opening sequence from when Drew um, or when Casey and Steve are killed, 
like you don't get a death for quite some time. Like the next death is what Principal Hembry, right? Yeah. Like how far apart were their deaths? I mean, and that scene wasn't even meant to happen, as you know. So right, and I'll I'll be honest with you too. So uh, Lacey Wu, you had an interview with a gentleman that worked with Patrick Lucier, and he had told this story, which is not like an unknown story. Um, but basically, the story goes like this. He was uh, the fuck it. I think it was uh, Bob Weinstein was ready to shut screen down. And he basically had to cut that opening scene and he cut it and he, you know, they sent the, the to first. Patrick Lucier. Yeah, they sent the first one to him and he was like, this is garbage. And then he put in all the sound effects, all the. He worked like three days straight on Just it. nonstop on it, sent it back because they were literally ready to shut the movie down because of it. And he single-handedly saved the movie right there by sending them a final version of that opening scene. Yeah. Yeah. I think you listened to that interview. It was with uh, Joel Sassoon. That was a great interview. Yeah. Yeah. No, that was great, man. But uh, yeah. So uh, anyways, that opening scene, obviously it's iconic for so many different reasons. Um, I'm sure we could talk two hours just on that scene alone. Um, What do you guys think of the rest of the movie where it kind of goes from there? What's interesting is one thing that I've noticed more and more throughout is it's almost like the, that first 13 minutes of that film, it almost feels like this, it's like its own short film. And right. then everything else that follows is like this whole separate thing, even though I know that it's still, I mean, it's the same story. I mean, heck, that's before <laughs> Sydney's even introduced, which is funny when you think about this is the most iconic part to most people. And even our fucking heroine hasn't been <laughs> introduced yet. <laughs> but like, there's nothing as disturbing or as graphic just in terms of violence in the rest of the film compared to seeing her hung with her insides out and her boyfriend with his insides out. There's not a single death. There's not a single, I mean, there's obviously other scary scenes and other things throughout the film, but there was nothing in my opinion, as intense and as disturbing as that first 13 minutes. That seems like there's this fun little tonal change that happens throughout the rest of the film. Right. And yeah. And, and that's why I love it too, because then we've really been into the actual plot and story because you know you're going through the house with Sydney after obviously school and she's you know talking to Tatum on the phone she's gonna come over later they're gonna look at Tom Cruise's dick um but they're (laughs) they're talking about it and Gail Weathers is talking about you know um, mother's death the mother's death Mm -hmm. and and you're also getting all the eerie music of her walking through the house and you're starting to get to know the house and you know for the scene that it's about to set up after um and I just I just love all that foreshadowing just stuff like that Mm -hmm. we're gonna take you into the closet which Ghostface is gonna fucking pop out of uh you know next time and just all of those things are so creepy and it's so brilliantly laid out in terms of the backstory for Sid but I have a question for you yes like were they gonna kill her here because like it seems like that's okay that's the big question isn't it yeah yeah should we answer it now i said we should yeah i mean we're here might as well right (laughs) (laughs) what are you talking about (laughs) yeah yeah guest first what do you think okay there's okay one youtube video that keeps throwing me off is one of the chasing her first chasing someone commented saying you could hear the killer saying easy easy as they were running up the stairs yeah and now every single time i watch the film i can't not hear the killer speaking as he's running up the stairs Saying, yeah, that's actually a uh, blooper though um like that wasn't supposed to i know be- i know and it keeps throwing me off and keeps changing my mind i was like it's a, it's a blooper but are they 
freaking lying to us. He's not actually trying to get her. Um, I'm curious if even if they were to kill her there, if they were meant to like hide her body or something until they were going to reveal, you know, the whole anniversary thing. Or what was the plan? Was the plan to kill Sydney on the anniversary or to have the murders stop and have her dad die on the anniversary? Because if that's what their ultimate goal is, it doesn't matter if they kill Sydney at that moment but or when she's like, first chased. But it seems like they wanted to reveal to her that they were the killers. And um, because, I mean, they didn't really try to kill her aside from that time. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I mean, Billy obviously goes and fucks her. And <laughs> yeah, because he has to, yeah, lose her virginity. Yeah, yeah like, the, like, so it, I don't know, because like the way that it was like set up, um, you know, when he's like running up the stairs or when she's running up the stairs and then Billy comes in and he's so sketchy and that 90 cell phone drops out and so you think so you think that they meant to do that they meant to set it up to make sure that billy was to be looked at like a red herring but it wasn't him because he was there as well yeah i feel like um he might have came in maybe he was supposed to come in and like save the day um for her Mm. to like throw people off and he got there a little too late um because it was probably uh Stu in the the costume you know because um, he's obviously way more well, yeah. than Billy so I think that I mean, they were trying to set it up that way um so maybe they were hoping that she would get away I mean after all I mean like he took no time at all trying to stab Casey that was not right. a problem he was like cool right. playing the knife there but for her it was like almost like trying to knock her unconscious ish kind of thing yeah, or he slid like, the knife slowly down the throat slowly lifted up saying okay okay are you gonna do something gonna try to get away from me you're gonna do something like he you know if it was Stu, he took so much time trying to make sure that she got away and so if i mean if they wanted to kill her they could have just stabbed her right then and there well Um, right i also think that billy and Stu, as we see at the end of the movie they start getting sloppy and stuff now i do think that they are teenagers and i think that they have okay so billy his whole motivation is revenge, right? Yeah. So I don't think yeah. he really cares, but it was supposed to, to, you know, watch a few movies, take a few notes. It was fun. So they, the, the whole thing is they're doing it, you know, um, they, they, with horror movies in mind and, and you know, they're getting they no get to carry on and plan the sequel. So like, obviously they had, they had an intent plan, but do you think stabbing they, each other right. and being the sole survivors? Exactly. Surviving this whole ordeal. But do you think Billy really cared about all of that or he just wanted revenge? Wait, well, um, I, I, yeah, I think he wanted her to know and mm-hmm. he, he wanted her to see like her dad die because that's why they were making him the uh the that's person. why they kept him yeah and right that's a good point i never thought of that that's a good point because why he they brings him, him out and he's like what do we got behind door number one sydney they want to set it up mm-hmm. and uh he brings out neil and um you know he says um kills you perfect ending you know right. like yeah. so like that was their plan Right. Like unless they had to switch plans like midway, but it, See, doesn't, it doesn't make sense. Which I, could have happened because who knows? Right, and that's what I'm saying. It, it they could have kind of changed plans as things went on, but I would assume, like the from what I come to in my mind over the years, is the fact that 
they meant to keep her alive after that first attack. Yeah, I believe so. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's got to be. Well, because they have to set it up. If they're planning on stabbing each other and being the sole survivor, they have to create somewhat of a narrative of Ghostface attacking all these people and have stories mm -hmm. about them as well, you mm -hmm. know? And that's one of the biggest things in some of the screen movies where how do people know, like, some of the information? Right. What Ghostface said to Casey or whatever, yeah. you know? Um, there's stuff like that. But it's all in good fun. Yeah, we're not going to focus well, on who that knows? shit. Maybe <laughs> they like tape recorded their conversation. <laughs> we don't be. know. Um, <laughs> but right. another thing is lit that could prove that uh, she was going to be safe and that, that yeah. there was no intent of killing her. Yeah. Is she does go outside and I think that they didn't anticipate her locking the door when she came back in. Mm-hmm. You know, because right. he can't get the, the deadbolt off as he's chasing her. Right. And mm -hmm. so I think she was intentional. I think she was supposed to run back outside. And that's probably where she was supposed to run into Billy. Right. Mm -hmm. That's why he's like right there. And that then, makes sense. That, you know, and then, then he yeah. climbed up the window. Okay. And so, yeah. And up the stairs, he had to climb through again. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I like, I think I'm sold on that. She wasn't meant to die in that moment. Okay. And, and you know mm -hmm. what? It makes sense with the whole, um, you know, revenge plot and then blaming the movies. And otherwise it doesn't make sense. Like, right. They're trying to kill her then. Yeah, exactly. You know, and mm -hmm. again, they have to, they have to kill some more. And they needed too. a scare scene as well. in there be like, cause, cause there's, yeah, while, there's like nothing happening. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. So we needed a scare scene. So it's smart. Yeah. Um, and and I want yeah sorry good sorry it plays for us the audience just because as you know most slasher movies up to then that final girl final girl doesn't really get that chase until everyone's dead in the first right. place and so it just keeps even just us as audience members on our toes saying oh he already attacked the person who we are expecting probably up to this point with her big backstory to be our heroine so right. who knows what's going to happen again once Casey got it all bets were off as to what was going to happen the rest of this movie. Right. And, and, but here's, here's what I love about this movie. So we're going to, for the moment, you know, focus on everything in between. So after that, and then before the party scene, which mm -hmm. is a huge chunk of the movie, like we said, scene 118. Um, yes, exactly. <laughs> but this part of the movie, it's, it's essentially a collection of just incredible scenes in my opinion you know obviously um even the one where she's at tatum's house and then dewey comes in like that scene's hilarious and then that transition with the fucking music and and everybody yeah. you know running and hiding and and the principal Hembry death let's I hang mean, him all right let's go before the prime now yeah exactly <laughs> Like that, that death scene is fantastic. Yeah. I mean, he plays that so great and, and it's tension building and it's just fun, but it does feel like at that point, it's like, oh, it's just a, it's just another slasher until you hear fucking youth of America play. Oh yeah. Fucking on. <laughs> and then it's on. I love it because every single time I watch the movie with my friends and Youth of America comes on, I'm like, guys, it's the night of the bloodbath. And they yes. start to freak out because every single screen movie has like that night when everything's just going down. Right. And so right. this is the one. I'm like, this is the cue, guys. It's all all the shit's going down now. They get really excited. Yes. Like when, when that bag of chips drops. It, yeah. Right, yeah. right. When that, when, when yeah, exactly. You're like, Kenny fucking littered. He's going to fucking die. Yeah. <laughs> Now, one thing, and I've brought it before, I think I'd be remiss if I didn't bring it up. Bef right before we get to that, 
when they're shopping, should we talk about uh, Ghostface shopping in aisle five? I had a feeling that was going to come up. I know. I know. See, for me, yeah, I think it's another one of those cases where I, for me, just to make it make any sort of sense, I like to say it's another one of the students just being a fucker. Okay. Because no, I don't think actual killer would actually do something like that. Um, I think it was meant for also just us being like, wait, is this the killer? Or is this one of those people that were stupid and running in the hallway just being annoying? They're in the woods, um, too. I, I, themselves. Well, I also <laughs> feel like it could be, like, in Sydney's head a little bit. So, like, we're seeing, like, her, the shadow of, like, her being stalked. Like, you, you just want to have that feeling of her being stalked. I don't think it was actually anybody stalking her at I wouldn't moment. buy yeah. that unless we got the Maureen thing in part three. And that makes that, I guess. <laughs> or, like, Lori in Halloween H2O when she was, like, looking right. in the mirror. And Michael was constantly behind I, yeah, her. Yeah, I think it's something, along, I think it's something yeah. along those lines of, like, <laughs> You, you always want to feel that fear that ghost faces could pop up at any moment. And yeah. I, I think that's kind of like what that's trying to say. I don't actually think it was anybody. Right. It just makes no sense for anything. Mm-hmm. Except what you said, which, yes. So, all right. <laughs> we addressed <laughs> it. All right. We'll move on. Move yeah. on. The final party scene. Which Should we talk about Tatum's nipples? Can we? Like an hour? A little chilly there. Yeah. Well, no, I guess it was supposed to be like, I guess it was like freezing yeah yeah uh well because they even talked about it to where like it, it was long nights and they were cold yep and yes yeah. they were yes. yes they were uh <laughs> one of the most infamous death scenes like as i mean this I, part one has to have like some of the most iconic death scenes period in a movie horror movie ever i mean we have you know casey and steve at the beginning which right. is groundbreaking Boom. then you have fucking tatum in the doggy door yes i love how ghostface accidentally invented a creative kill right. like it was by accident that ended up happening he was just gonna stab her or something right he said fuck <laughs> it i'll hit the doggy door cool. that's perfect yeah and and in so many different ways too uh that scene is is classic as well you know with with the with the tilted shot and and you know him just playing with her and shaking his head and she thinks it's somebody else i mean a very typical scene in terms of a slasher and hey there's a bunch of kids and they don't know who the killer is and somebody pops up in the costume at the party very typical on paper but the way it's done is so fucking mm-hmm. perfect and and really scary and again it provides this um this energy to scream where it's very physical and it just in a lot of ways seems very real in a, a kind of unrealistic way because there's a guy right. running around in a ghost face mask. But it seems so creepy on so many levels. And I feel like that scene epitomizes it. Well, mm-hmm. and like her line in that, um, in the garage, like I feel like there's so much emphasis between her, um, Billy and Stu, like talking about sequels, right? you know, um, <laughs> in this movie. And she's like, no, please don't kill Mr. Ghostface. I want to be in the sequel. Like th- there's so much emphasis on like sequels and like surviving to the sequel. Like, right. Because up to that point, it was just all the shitty sequels are being released up to that point. Right. Yeah, but what I'm saying is like how many survivors actually make it to a fucking sequel or actually will return, you know, at, like this is like the only franchise that has like a consistent basis of more than one person moving on to the sequel. While killing some of the best characters in the franchise too. It's crazy. Yep. Which we'll get there when we get there. Don't get right. kicked out of the show. No, but, but, like, <laughs> yes. Up until this series, can we name like horror films that have um, 
characters that moved on more than one final person that moved on to the sequel. I guess you could say Nancy and her dad for Dream Warriors. Okay, so they're one, yeah. Plus New Nightmare playing, you know, the real version of themselves. Which, that's a Wes Craven movie. Um, So, yeah. (laughs) But, I I mean, I don't... I guess Dr. Loomis and Laurie, technically. Right, yeah. No, and and I agree with that. And again, I just think it it was a fun back and forth Mm -hmm. with the characters being knowledgeable. I mean, just before that, they're going through all the movies that Jamie Lee's breasts are in, you know? Yeah, but... All right, so nobody was ever after Nancy's dad, and nobody was ever after um, Dr. Loomis, honestly. like Yes, and even then, this is the only franchise that hasn't done the whole, oh, we're going to ignore these movies, or ignore that this one happened, just move on from here. Like It's always been very consistent, not just in terms of characters coming back, but in terms of um, honoring and recognizing the films, all the films that came before. I think there's a lot to be said about what you just said. I think that's huge it spans such a long time period and adds so much with each sequel and you know I I don't know I guess a lot of people complain like oh like they're just gonna you know you hear make Dewey make Sydney the killer now and stuff like that that I hate it so much (laughs) those people don't clearly watch these fucking movies apparently because that defeats the whole purpose of all of it like what the fuck are you talking about Mm. but yeah it's just characters that grow with all of us over the years and the sequels are spread out long enough especially between three and four that that seeing the beginning point of all of it, like you said, Sydney isn't this big, strong, powerful person yet because you know she's 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 there by the end of the movie. Like she's depressed as fuck. She's like socially or sexually anorexic. Yeah, but I I, <laughs> I also think she's cool though. Like she does her own thing. Like yeah. she obviously has some past trauma, but I think that she's cool enough where she's got you know cool friends and whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, in the second one obviously you know she she gets stronger but i i also believe through all the films she progressively gets stronger you know i think by the end of the fourth one she like she says it don't fuck with the original like you know and because at that point she doesn't care so much about her life like this has been so much a part of her past and you know, like it got to the point where it's more about protecting other people than it was for defending herself. Like in this right. movie, it was more about her being chased around and trying to get away from the killer. Plus, in some, again, we're doing it again, <laughs> going towards sequels, but she's yeah. going for the killer in right. a lot of the sequels. Because for her, it's like, who, who the fuck cares? Right, exactly. Yep. So um, what else about the final scene should we pinpoint and talk about? Because there is so much. There's so much we can. I think we got to talk about the rules. Okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, um, this was a film that, you know, obviously like there there's formula, very simple formula, but um, it breaks all of them. Right. You know, Mm -hmm. like uh, you can never uh, drink or do drugs. Uh, Randy drank and he survived um you could never have sex uh sydney was no longer a virgin which can we just talk about that for a moment that has to be one of the most fucked up things this dude plans on fucking killing you and he takes your fucking virginity right and not just that but of all the villains like he i don't know he's just so terrible of a human being like for one thing he's he's the one who killed the mom in the first place so you think about the fact that he's the reason why she is so depressed and vulnerable 
and he used that vulnerability to sleep with her just so that he could follow rules and kill her because she lost her virginity. Like, that's just sick. And he dates her for a year in between. <laughs> like, yeah. They're just dating. Yeah. Like, I love that. That's so fucked up. But he's, but he's <laughs> killed her mom. Yeah. Because his mom moved out and abandoned him because <laughs> his dad was sleeping with her mom. Ah, mommy. Right. Like, what a really fucked up. Going on. Yeah. Like, so, all right. So he had just been planning and plotting yeah, like, all year. for like two years. Right. Well, yeah. Like, mm-hmm. You yeah. know, I'm going to kill the mother first. And, you know, I'm still fucking pissed off. That wasn't enough. I got to fucking kill your dad and you now too. <laughs> and then I'm going to fuck her. <laughs> like, like, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. So if she somehow survives, she has to always remember she was fucked by a killer. Now, I don't know about you guys, but my mind always goes to the scenes that we don't see between Billy and Stu. Yeah, I wish we had got to see like some outtakes or like something of them plotting. I wish we could see. Wait, isn't there a deleted scene in the script? I think I read that had the two of them like right before the party. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. And it's it's literally it's so short, but it's basically just Billy saying like, are you ready for tonight or something? And she was like saying, yeah, man, or something like that. Like just yeah. a little indication of like yeah. what's going on here. So that us as an audience would have been like, oh, they mean the party or for him to finally get back with Sydney. But right. by the end, you would realize, oh, it was this whole big plot all along. So there was supposed to be a little very short conversation there between the two of them. But I guess they decided I don't know to cut it for whatever reason, but yeah. Well, and then I guess the only rule that wasn't actually broken was saying, I'll be right back. And he's like, okay, I'll see you in the kitchen with the knife, which actually did happen because, <laughs> uh, well, actually he didn't actually see him in the kitchen with a knife, but uh, he did not survive us. Well, actually we don't really know. Right. Apparently, <laughs> but at this point we are led to believe that Stu Mocker is fucking dead. Hold yeah. on, hold on. Kristen, do you think Stu's coming back for school five? No, we're not talking. Oh, I'm not going to get on with that shit. Like, <laughs> to me, he's dead. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, people out there who love Stu and want him to be back. It'll be nice for him to be back. And Well, just in terms of if we knew he survived and he was like in prison or something, right. then it'll be cool if he came back. But there's too many YouTube videos of people saying he's dead. Why, why spoil all those kill counts that people have already created? right exactly <laughs> yeah no um the the kills definitely get amped up but i feel like we kind of need to talk about gail and dewey yeah yeah, yeah. let's talk about like, that. which i do like right when they were about to head for the walk that after the rules gail says be right back right oh, so I, oh she did so therefore the rule was broken she survived yeah, she did yeah. Survive. So yeah. you're right i'm sorry I that was about no that. that's great go. though so yeah it broke but home. it was overdubbed because you could clearly tell it's not what she said right, <laughs> no. right yeah. Well, yeah that happens yes. several times in this movie yeah the editing in some of the sequences is so great but there are it is heavily flawed there's in a areas. couple like when um, couple. they're at the party and she puts the um recorder on there like you can tell that like her lips are like moving right but it's yeah. not the proper whatever it is that she's mm-hmm. saying mm-hmm. It's not or sydney's proper. yeah or sydney sees dewey with the knife in the back and she screams no but the word comes out dewey De- yeah yes yes and apparently the knife in his back kept like falling out <laughs> right. it was definitely like barely in him you can right. tell like yeah so severed nerve um <laughs> <laughs> but, like there's just so many things like you can't not say when right <laughs> like that's what severed his nerve now one yeah. thing that was brought up um that i had never noticed um until a recent watch 
We're all the fucking doll heads in the attic. Yeah. Yeah, another indication right there. Now, you had said that you saw that a long time ago. I had never noticed. Now, knowing that we know about Stu, is that overkill? Is that a little much? Um, do you think that's that's just like a whatever type thing? Or? In terms of the character, in terms of hints yes. to us, the audience? Uh, both, both. Um, not in terms of us, the audience, just because we should be paying attention to Sydney being chased by a ghost face up right. to that point. And so right, I know it would be kind right. of, it would have been kind of sad in that perspective to be like, oh, I was just paying attention to things around her. And <laughs> right. Clearly, Neff Campbell didn't do a good job making you root for the character then <laughs> if you're focusing right. on that instead of her. Um, in terms of the character, mm, I don't know. I mean, yes, he was peer pressured into doing this, but clearly there's something psychotic about him in the first place. You would think that, like if someone were to come up to me and say, hey, I have this whole elaborate plot and I want to kill people, I don't think I would just say yes. I think there has to be some sort of psychotic tendencies already in there. And maybe those dolls were that thing. And now, maybe yeah. the parents never go up there. I mean, it's a huge ass house. Who knows? Well, that was my question. Where are Stu's parents? Did he purposefully get them out of the house? Because obviously they had to plan this somehow on the anniversary. Because they were going to be mad at him. Well, <laughs> clearly yeah. they would have been really pissed. Mm-hmm. So did he just send him on a vacation? Because that takes some pre-planning. A seventeen year old with the money to send them out on a vacation. Right. right. <laughs> no, or did I, he kill him? Like he maybe like I, I don't know. Right? Uh, maybe they were out for dinner or something. But no, there was a town curfew, so they couldn't have been. Right. That's what um, I'm saying. So- Unless they were already I mean, the, these murders only span the course of like two or three days. So maybe right. they were already out of town for a while. See, and again, if they had the foresight to plan this and to kill Sydney on that night, they weren't just going to wing it and, and do it wherever. He was like, yeah, we're doing it at my house, right? Can you imagine fucking coming home as his parents? Not only is your house fucking trashed, but like your son was killed by like your big box TV. Right? They're like, yo, we got somebody in the fucking garage door. Oh, I lost my TV. Like, you know, like I'd be more pissed about that than like anything. One of the most ridiculous things, though, is one of the final shots where Gail's doing her walkthrough, and she literally like almost like bumps the guy, just dusting for fingerprints on the fucking door of the car. Right. <laughs> like that's a crime scene, Gail. I know you just lived it. Like we get it. We all read your book. But back up for a second. This is a crime scene now. We this we we need evidence. <laughs> well, that and she didn't even take the time to like mourn Kenny's death. Period. Like she says, get off my fucking vehicle. Oh fuck yeah! And, she didn't give a fuck about And then she has Kenny. a new camera guy. Like yeah. five minutes after the whole thing went. Yeah, down. he just popped up. Right. I mean, <laughs> like she like she really cared that much about Kenny. Let's be Never. honest. We have your fat tub of art ass now. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and even then, honestly, in that moment, if you know you're being stalked and killed, I feel like a lot of people the morning would come afterwards when your body's able to relax a little bit. Right. Again. I agree. So, I agree. so my question for you guys is, so like, she's such a bitch, right? And like, <laughs> she just wants to get the story, the top story. And, um, I watch religion. Which is, yeah. Which is interesting. Cause again, usually in these movies, the one who's the bitch or the assholes ends up dead. And right, this is the right. big bitch or the big asshole. And she survived. So there you go. Another role kind of in a way broken. Yeah. So my question is, was she genuine with Dewey? Like, I feel like, like, you can just see their chemistry. Like, yes. Oh, God, yeah. Then, yes. Because like, uh, they, you could tell, like, in real life, like, that kiss, like, mm-hmm. you could tell, like, there was something between them. Like, nothing had even started with them yet. Is that um, what you're looking for? Huh? Oh, yeah. <laughs> my whole life. Yeah, no, like, it was, um, 
<laughs> like their chemistry was great. And I, I do believe that she did maybe start to use him. Yeah. But I think she kind of fell for him like in the mix. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, her character anyways. I think she's yeah. obviously falling for him in real life. Right. At that point. Like I loved their love story. I'm so depressed yeah. about yeah. it. I'll talk more about the their relationship progressing as the movies go on. But in this one specifically, I love seeing the beginning of it. And the beginning to set up to two. And, yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, not the beginning of like their real relationship. Well, right, right. In real life. And, of course. Yeah. And, That's awesome. Um, that's just like cool to know yeah like you feel like you were like a part of it right Mm -hmm. um so but for character arc wise i do believe she did start to use him i mean because obviously like he gets her into the party he's like so fucking excited well she is it first yeah and she was like yeah like she was like what is she doing here he's like she's with me and like he's so fucking happy that like (laughs) he just brought gail weathers to a party right no like my favorite dewey moment isn't when he like picks up the phone and says hello or anything it has to be like when he takes the beer away from the kid oh yeah and then he's oh my gosh and he's trying to impress gail and he's like just get have fun and like (laughs) it's so funny i love that part like, all right, you it, are doofus. And one thing we watched, uh, we were watching the commentary and uh, they were talking about the setup of his desk and oh, right. how um, they want- The comic. Yes. And um, <laughs> yeah. they put a hat on there and what did the hat, like it had boobs on it. Like boob police or something. something <laughs> boob like, patrol or Boob whatever. patrol, yeah. yeah. And he has a hat and it has like literally boobs on it. <laughs> like I never fucking noticed that before. One of my favorite things in the scene where he comes in with Gail and he takes that beer is uh, the, there's a couple of the kids that end up staying for the movie and they're uh, rolling a joint and they're all so invested in rolling this joint. They're like, yeah, roll it, man. And then Dewey comes in and they just pass it off so quick and hide it. (laughs) (laughs) I just love that. Like it's something that you never focus in on, but again, I'm always looking in the background now and that's just a fun little additional thing, you know? Um, Obviously, like you said too, uh, uh, we'll get to it later, but we see clerks, yeah. On the top of the, uh, well, one of the many movies that they were going to watch. So that's cool. That's Obviously, right. That comes back later, which is awesome. Right. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. um, and I love that. But no, there's there's something about the screen films, though, that you have that somberness to it with Sid. And there's this there's underlying sadness, but it's also very um, fun. Obviously, it's it's entertaining to say the least, but this final scene, I mean, I think it's literally the culmination of everything, uh, everything, you know, the Scream franchise is really about, because once it's revealed as Billy and Stu are the killers, it, when I first saw that, shit got real like when they started spiraling there's nothing like that scene like i expected yeah who does but shit got fucked up i remember seeing that when they're stabbing each other yeah Yeah. and i'm like i can't believe i'm watching this like this is really i did that in the middle of the movie theater when i watched it stab someone you did no no i I, I quoted the whole scene um i stood up like matthew lillard with my hands on my head you did and i literally quoted that whole scene (laughs) but you must know there was nobody in the theater (laughs) (laughs) you did that though yeah no and that's such an element of scream where it's like between all the pop culture references and all the fun everybody's happening you gotta stop and be like 
yeah, this is Wes Craven, and this is fucked up. This yeah. is the dude that made Last Times on the Left. <laughs> you know, like and not just shit. it's it's almost like you kind of forget not forget they're in a movie, but it but, shows how powerful Scream is. It's the fact that so much of the storylines in these scenes just feels so real in terms of the killers are human. And the idea of two teenagers stabbing themselves in the kitchen wanting to get away with murder. I mean, that really is kind of stuff you hear about on the news anyway in a dark, twisted world that we live in. And so almost just kind of amplifies in this weird satire um, way that really is the fact that it feels a little bit more real in terms of that situation as to the disturbing level that yeah. I think the sequels haven't pulled off as well yet. Right. Um, but I, we'll get there before I get kicked <laughs> out. But yeah. Like, <laughs> no. Look how long we're already going on this. Can you imagine if we were talking about all, all of them? them? There's no way we could <laughs> do it in one sitting. For all sure. of our miniseries. Right. <laughs> no, and Scream works for me. And I find most movies work best for me personally when, when they just flow nicely. And the way this movie is structured. You sounded like Shaggy there. <laughs> <laughs> wow uh we're keeping that in um the way it's structured is so perfect again you could look at all that stuff as somewhat of a wall to me it's all just prerequisite for what's going to happen in the final act and that final act is structured so perfectly just just the progression of how the night goes you know you get a full party oh by the way we heard in the commentary kevin williamson went to the store and actually made that beer bong yeah he made it yeah that's awesome <laughs> that's so cool i love that um uh by the beginning of the party and everybody's having fun they're watching horror movies obviously Sid and billy are fucking upstairs and then obviously they hear about principal Hembry. And again, just how we see that happening through Gail's camera Gail. and everything and that Jim hello goes up and, and and obviously people are getting killed at the same time. That provides, you know, a reason for the rest of the party to leave. And mm-hmm. then obviously mm-hmm. that intersects with what we were just talking about with uh, Dewey and Gail on the road. Yeah. Like you don't have to connect all those things, but it, it works so perfectly. And one of the greatest things that the screen movies do is provide you a great understanding of the space that you're operating in. Yeah, and it has yes. such great like rewatchability that like so like obviously nobody knew who Jamie Kennedy was at the time. Right. And I, I think they had said he'd only did like Romeo and Juliet. He only the pink That's hair. what it was. And <laughs> yeah. uh, what's so great about it is the ending of the movie um, when the credits are rolling. Um, you get to see their pictures Love and um, you know they, they mentioned that you know uh Wes Craven said yeah he had did it with Last House on the Left so he wanted to bring that back but yeah. but what was cool about it is like you feel like you like know these characters with and then like the moments of you know exactly which scene at every moment was with the music yeah and yeah. Like, so like you learn Jamie Kennedy's name like, right like that so like when you rewatched it and you get like he's not talking about Jamie Lee Curtis like it's very meta like, right in that mm-hmm, aspect mm-hmm. Of, like his name is Jamie in real life he's like behind you Jamie like it's just a really cool fucking moment right see I'm always that person with my friends saying by the way his name's Jamie in real life just let you know just <laughs> let people <people> understand <laughs> yeah um and then like you get cotton wearies like it's just the one scene that he's in like 
he's in the back seat like of his I picture. love that like though. it's so fucking mm-hmm. funny I love that I love it no and and that's one thing about these movies that that something like that you can't plan obviously they knew that this movie okay Jules yeah thank you <laughs> we know you love Scream too. yeah Tell how much you love it. She says, hi, Christian. Yeah. Come on, Jules. She says she's a fan of Tatum as well. Yes. Um, (laughs) No, there's just so much magic in this and so much unforeseen things that culminated into making this movie that I feel like... If you say it culminated one more time, like, I feel like you could play a drinking game. What do you mean? Like, I've counted. That's like four at least. Oh. Okay. Find any adjective. All right. Nice. <laughs> I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. I'm taking care of the baby. By all means. By all means. Uh, no. So, um, one question I did have, um, about uh, Gail. Um, this is something that I've asked before, which was, um, how did she like? So, like, she says, "I remember the safety that time, you bastard." How did she hear him say that? Like, if she was knocked the fuck out, did she pretend to be knocked out? Um, I think that she realized that she yeah. had the safety off or on. She's smart enough, I think, to figure that out for herself. She's probably like this asshole talks shit while I was passed out. Fuck him. Yeah. <laughs> no, because she did have the safety on. But he makes the comment. He goes after he, after he kicked her. It's like it works better without the safety on. But I. Well, he I, does I, say before she gets kicked, like I know something you don't. Right. And then maybe while he's tussling around with Sydney, she's like looking through the gun, saying, "Oh shit, right. <laughs> the I safety's mean, off." That's what he's talking to. She realized what he's referring herself. to herself. Yeah. Yeah. Like him him talking shit was additional. Like I think she just knew like. Oh, I fucking had the safety on because I pulled the trigger and it wouldn't fucking fire. Well, how does she even know what terminology of safety is? Like, I wouldn't know something like that. She's a reporter. What does that have to do with safety on a gun? Yeah, I wouldn't. On a gun? Before I shot a gun, I knew what a safety was. Right. I've never held a gun. Like, I I don't like. Well, she's a reporter, so she should. She should know, like, so she, so like, she, she should she, know what a safety is on a gun, absolutely. Like, maybe not necessarily how to shoot one, yeah. But so, like, is there like something in journalism classes, like, here, here are all the deconstructions of the gun? Well, considering that they cover <laughs> crime a lot, I would assume that it would come up at least once or twice. Like, here, you got to learn every weapon and what they do exactly. The next episode <laughs> of Top Story, <laughs> we talk about safety and gun violence. Well, wow. yes. some after school special. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Helen Hunt throws herself through. Yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. So, what else do you guys want to talk about? Um, we, I feel like we're missing something. Are we? I know, right? Oh, well. Oh, um, Kenny's death. Did we talk about his actual death? Like a thirty-second delay. No. Think that paid off well. I think so. Like, and then like you see Sydney climbing through the van, and there's just like Cheetos uh, spewed throughout. Everywhere. <laughs> and she was actually stabbed, which is. I mean, not in real life, it's fun right. to, but I'm just talking about, and don't want to go there, but like compared, to, like, I don't know. It's, it reminds me of Texas Chainsaw, just in terms of like, she has her blood. She's got some of Billy's probably real blood by the end and his fake blood plus Stu's blood. Like there's just so much blood that she's just covered in by the end of that film but and no there are so many great little setups though i mean look at the uh car setup you know um 
And yeah, with, well, the, well, with the police car. And then she calls. So good. She calls the police too, which is great because in a horror movie, at least there's some hope, you know, that the cops are coming. Um, but that scene is terrifying where, yeah, he, holds he pops out so and you can yeah. see it just pop up in the back. Oh, slowly. yeah. I remember like, the first time I see that. Yeah. Love it. And then, like you said, then the 30 second delay thing, that's using the uh, obviously the technology in a fun way. He gets mm-hmm. his throat slashed and then she crawls through that as well. There's so many interesting setups. I mean, look it's at very Sid's, intricate. Look at Sid's door in, in her own house. Yeah, they had to build that. That's so great. Yeah. No, because like that's a thing where yeah, it's a cool you, idea. It is. And I I I've done it before with doors where yeah, you can block that shit. Did you know what her actual address was? Christian. Um, oh. Lisa, I think you got me on this. For for some reason, one four two eight is coming to mind just because of Nightmare on Elm Street conversations now. No, uh, but it is so I'm not sure. Elm, but it is on Elm. Yep. Uh, it is on Elm. Elm okay. yeah, it was originally um at the she types it in when she's uh dialing 911. Uh it's actually 34 Elm. Okay. 34. Okay. Yeah, like um, it was cut. The scene was cut, though. Like, I think it was oh. actually originally in the original trailer. All I can think of is white woman in trouble. Come quick. <laughs> <laughs> Scary movie. I know that's horrible. Um, but no, like, there's so many little setups like that. Like we said, all the kills and stuff like that. But even stuff like the door and stuff like, you know, when she's attacked in the cop car and, and just all of that, you know? I love I- the timing of the kills. In yep. terms of, like, when you think about it, before billions do reveal themselves, there's only five kills in the course of this movie and what we see. Right. And right. somehow it feels like so much more just because of how perfect the pacing was and how interesting the suspenseful scenes and even the non-scary scenes, just the conversations are, that it just, it felt like there was so much more right. what they actually show. It was like the perfect amount that you needed. Well, and look at how the scene plays with Dewey going into the house with the Halloween music. Yeah. When Halloween's playing, you right. know? I mean, that is brilliant, you know? And I love how it's Wes Craven using Carpenter and, like, just... Wes Carpenter. Wes Carpenter flick. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Sorry. Richard Gere gerbil story. Um, I completely just, like, veered off into my head because I know, like, we debated earlier or talked about how if Sydney was actually a target when they first came to her house. Right. Like, now I'm kind of, like, thinking otherwise. Okay. Do you yeah. think that she was? Uh, maybe, because I'm thinking, like, I, I'm, like, really trying to bring it. Like, it could go either way, honestly. But the fact is, they kidnapped Neil. Uh-huh. Like, they kidnapped him. So, I think they could have easily made it look like, like, they, they were going to frame him, period. Right. So, maybe the party was never even supposed to happen. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. But the thing is that the mention of, like, Mar- like Marine's one-year anniversary. So, it was obviously, like, the... Like it would have been the next day. So right, I, it's I, so close. Like, I know, but I feel like yeah, you went on a murder spree one yeah. year after. Like, right. it, like it, they could have like maybe we're like looking into semantics too much. But if they, yeah. if they wanted to get her, they would have taken her at during her nap, like straight up. Yeah. And well, that's what I would say is like maybe in their minds they thought that Sydney was going to be home alone over the next few days while he was out of town, so they would have done their big right. thing at her house oh. while she's home alone, while maybe Tatum told Stu oh, Sydney's going to be staying with me. And they're like, oh, crap, let's go get her now since she's still home alone. Right. Yeah. And because, okay, so here's a question. Um, 
were they in the closet the whole time when she was taking the nap or did they come in? No, I think that was when she unlocked the door and she stepped outside and okay. she peered for like that long period of time. I think that's yeah. when he sneaked in. Well, the, way, well, in, the yeah. window, well, the window was open upstairs in her bedroom. So, so either way. Yeah. Either way. Oh, that's true too. Yeah. So, yeah. so could so was it Billy? Or it could have been. Or like, was Billy like, hey, Stu, go climb up this towel. I get into her window and try to break her underwear rule. But, but if... <laughs> <laughs> But if they were in the house just waiting, I'm saying, does that kind of um, go against the argument? Because, like, again, they could have just grabbed her right there, tied her up, and then made whatever big show that they wanted to on the next day. You know what I mean? Just keep her like they kept her dad or something. Yeah, you know? Well, what I was... But they, they decided to call her instead and play a game with her first. And... Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, that's like, why? I, well, well, I mean, that's part of what makes Ghostface, I think, interesting anyway, than just the killer showing up and killing them. Right. Torment right. them for a little bit first. Well, they obviously had him kidnapped because they were going to frame him to begin with. Right. Like, because he went on this murder killing spree because he was upset about his wife's death. So, because, like, obviously they're psychopaths. But, um... So maybe they were going to make it look like Neil had killed her and then um, killed himself. Maybe that was the original plan. Like, so they were going to kill her in the house that night and then bring Neil out and then kill him and make it look like a whole setup at her house. And then the party sequence was maybe never supposed to happen. Again, though. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I agree with that. But if they wanted to kill her, then why did they just go in and fucking kill her when she was sleeping? if the window's open that's all well because maybe they didn't know about it at that time yeah. like that's right. why that's why it didn't work out because it was unplanned maybe they had right. planned on killing her later and then tatum was like um she's staying with like she obviously told yeah. her boyfriend and then so that they were sets like, in motion right and maybe they just loved how awesome their phone call with casey was and like you know what i like that let's do it again right yeah. <laughs> because exactly. it, it feels like that one wasn't planned right um like not as well as you know yeah like i mean i don't know when you're killing somebody you never know how strong they're going to be or yeah which again is what kind of makes it real like some plans are executed well and some just are not well how are they able to capture neil fucking prescott but not sydney and again (laughs) i i think that they have a plan they're not planless or whatever but i think that they're very fucking unstable obviously billy's manipulative or whatever so i think in his mind no matter what they had to do, no matter what they had to improvise, he always had a fallback plan, a backup plan where he could always kind of put it on Stu if he had to, you know? Um, well, and- I think that's what he was playing. Mm-hmm. That's why right. he stabbed him so many fucking times. Like, he is so, he's full of, like, fucking rage. He was pissed. Like, why, like you literally just came, like, 20 minutes ago, right. and you're this angry? <laughs> 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 Which makes me always question whether or not Tatum was killed by Billy or Stu. I know in theory it's supposed to be Billy, but I was like, dang, he was hitting the crotch really hard with that beer bottle. Was he even able to 10 minutes but later? <laughs> I always thought that the, the sounds Ghostface made sounded like Stu, a lot of them. I thought the one in the garage sounded like Billy. Billy? I always thought that was Billy. Cool. It makes more sense, I think, for it to be Billy, but dang. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> like, I love the beer bottle tosses, though. And, like, you can see, like, later on in the movie, like, the bruise from where he got hit on the face with it, I believe. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. 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 Well, next time, like, I believe, like, because it's right in the area where she threw the bottle. Yeah. Have you uh, been watching the Blu-ray or did you get the 4K? Uh, the 4K. Okay. So yeah, I'll have yeah. to look for it. So, um, yeah, what, one of the things I love about this movie, too, obviously, during all the chaos and he's 
ripping up the pillows and she's talking shit to him. I just love that scene where she pops out of the fucking closet and fucking stabs him. Well, yeah, yeah. I, I, literally turning the tables. Yes. I didn't know that he had actually had like a heart attack, like, or like he had like open heart surgery or something. Oh, yeah, yeah. And so he had that thing. So, like, when, um, she came out with um the when the stunt person came out with the umbrella she hit like the wrong part so like when he's like actually like stabbed or with the umbrella that wincing and that pain is like real yeah and so yeah. maybe that was like a little bit of karma for accidentally hitting um right. with the phone yeah exactly yeah. <laughs> no i just love that moment and i hope in the new one they bring that back in terms of because obviously we're going back to these locations and I hope it turns out to like, who knows this house better? Kind of like uh, when a stranger calls or something like that, you know? Mm -hmm. It comes down to like, yeah, that's why I'm an OG because I've been through this type of shit. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, there's just so many iconic moments in this movie. I mean, again- We could literally go line by line, scene by scene. Yeah. We could talk about it all, but like <laughs> hit the big stuff. What do you guys think? I do. I think we got, I think we got it. What about you, Kristen? Anything to add to this? Uh, uh, I'm trying to think. Obviously, when we have our sequel discussions, maybe something will remind us of something and be like, oh, yes. yeah, that kind of reminds me of this. So who knows? Right. But for now, I think we covered all the good stuff. I would agree, man. And hey, I want to take this opportunity to thank you for coming on because obviously this is a long time coming. And I got to say, um, I've never talked to you like in real life, you know, and it has been more than a pleasure. And this yeah, has I been agree. such a fun podcast, man. Oh, thank you so much. It was so great. It's so weird, like hearing her just because, of course, I've been listening. That's like, wait, they're actually like talking back to me now. <laughs> it's not just me talking to them through their podcast while I'm driving in my car. Like, oh, Very like, I what I'm saying. Do you, do you ever disagree with us when you're listening to us? All the time, I'm sure. Well, the thing that I love about your podcast is you're two people that I think I disagree with the least of a lot of people <laughs> as we talk about a lot of stuff. So, yeah. No, you're one of our people, man. I've always felt like we've all connected because we're, we just, we're all into the same mm -hmm. stuff. And I just feel like we all get it. I don't know. And yeah. that's why. I always wanted you to do this show, these shows with us, because I know it's important to me personally and my whole, you know, idea for doing a podcast in the first place is to put forth things I love. Obviously, Lacey Lou adds so much to everything and she comes with all her crazy stories, uh, you know, and, and her ghost face I, tattoo. I, I didn't foot. even tell my crazy story about how I got grounded from watching Scream. Wait, what? How about that? Yeah, uh, I got it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you have quite a few uh, stories that surround the Scream franchise I, I and Ghostface in general. That's awesome. But uh, we're all huge Scream fans. I so... think it goes without mm -hmm. saying. It's a five, yeah. five out of five. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, oh, five out of five. Yeah, five. Yeah, we all know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think it's interesting maybe later on in the series um, to see what our ratings are, but mm -hmm. yeah, it's a definitive. This to me is the perfect movie. This is such a staple in my life. I know your guys' lives as well. So thank you for joining me for this incredible podcast. So for everybody here at Cut to the Chase, I'm Dan Chase. And I'm Lacey Liu and Christian Bennett will return for Scream 2. Thank you. Bye, everyone. This is Gale Weather signing off.
Down upon us and it flows like water burning With a hope of inside feathers Books the colors of a bright elation stone 